Unstoppable, unbeatable, unbelievable. He's Alex Richter, the Kung Fu genius. And every day, I practice martial arts. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Am I doing it right? Awesome. I'm doing it right? No, I'm probably yeah, fucking perfect. it all up. <laughs> you look just like IP Man or Donnie Yen. Or yeah. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> the speed. The speed. I actually did like... 300 punches right there but it was so fast it just Clearly. looked like five <laughs> Clearly. that was awesome that was great Fantastic. alex richter sifu the kung fu genius in the house hanging out with the samurai guy today it's gonna be fun we're gonna have a good time today hold on let me see who's who's here who them who who is here in the house the movie dojo army you got jake hall saying what's up Alex and the Movie Dojo Army. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're going to have some fun here today on the show. So how has your week been so far, my friend? It's been great. Do you, do you, do you train every night? Uh, I, well, I don't teach every night, but I definitely train pretty much every day. And, uh, yeah, Wednesday's kind of a fun night. I teach my advanced class, so I had to leave a little early to make it here on time for this. Um, but, uh, Thank yeah, you. It's, it's hard to call what I do work. <laughs> hey, I'm jealous. I'm jealous. <laughs> but that is awesome. Oh, hold on. We got another comment here. Ah, there we go. Jihad. So he calls me Seagong, which means like Kung Fu Granddaddy, which means I'm really old. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to uh, Jihad there. Yeah, that's absolutely. right. That's right. That's awesome. Troy, awesome. Our student Troy at City Wing. Yeah. Awesome. Cool, cool, awesome. Cool. Yeah, man. Uh, martial arts is is a wonderful thing. And. Uh, of course, we're going to get into your martial arts journey and, and talk a little bit about your legacy and all that. And then we're going to have a fun little bit later and talk about movies because, you know, this is the channel. We talk about movies. And new, you you know your stuff, man. You know, when Rick Myers hit me up and he's like, we got, we're got we doing Prodigal Son versus Yip Man. You know, we got to we gotta bring the Kung Fu Genius in here on that. And that's, how, that's how, you know, kind of how we bootleg met at first. Yeah, uh, it was it, amazing. It was amazing. And by the way, your channel is awesome. I mean, I don't have that much time to watch YouTube, but yeah. I definitely make time to watch your channel. Like, I love how you got like the horror and the sci-fi and the action and everything. And it's like such a mix of all the like my favorite stuff. And you do a really good job. Oh, well, thanks, man. So you're a fan of horror as well and sci-fi. Well, I, I mean, like, I'm a fan of horror. Like, the guy who did karate for three months when he was a kid is a martial artist. Like, I, <laughs> I've i seen the Friday the 13th movies. I've yeah. Seen, you know, I've seen some you're, of it. And, you're you know, down. Uh, but I'm yeah. not, like, I'm not at your level in that stuff by any means. So. <laughs> My level. <laughs> My level of nerddom behind me. My <laughs> That's castle. Right. That's right. Oh, man. So, I got to ask. I got to ask. Uh, the, how did you come up with the name? The Kung, or the title of the Kung Fu Genius? Was that something that your students just gave you for fun? Well, actually, no. Um, uh, so I have to say, uh, 
the, the I use the term Kung Fu genius with a bit of uh, irony because of all the people that I know in Chinese martial arts here in the States and in Hong Kong. Yeah. I'm not like even in the top 20 of people who like know their stuff. <laughs> so right, uh, right. I definitely use the title Kung Fu genius with a fair amount of irony and sarcasm. Yeah. But actually it came about um, in the Hong Kong press. I was in a, a, a magazine called Apple Daily or newspaper and they're kind of like a gossip rag. And um, I've left my former teacher many years ago and they tried to like put me in a battle with my former teacher in the press a little bit. Right, so, right, right, um, right. You know, my former teacher wanted to say some things about me and I thought they were very funny. And I said, well, hey, I must be a Kung Fu genius then. And they basically <laughs> used that title in like the quote. And yeah. I looked at it and I was like, Kung Fu genius. And it's also <laughs> the title of an old movie. And if you watch um, the movie Kung Fu Hustle in Cantonese, that's actually what like they call him the Kung Fu Tin Choi, which is the Kung Fu genius. So oh, it's all right. definitely with some sarcasm and irony, but it's tended to stick. I have a rap song about me with that by that title. So it's right, like right, a right. thing now. Copy that. Copy that. Awesome. Awesome. I just had to ask because I was like, that title is... It's, 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 it's a lot of fun. <laughs> I, could tell. Of fun. I, I had a feeling. I, I had a feeling you're like, you know what? Let's just have fun with it. Let's just roll yeah, with it and have a good time. Definitely. It's not serious. <laughs> uh, someone in chat is saying to turn up your, your audio. I don't know if you can because you're using your phone. I don't know if that's possible, right? Yeah, I don't know. Are people having a hard time hearing me? Yeah, I that's fine. I my phone because my computer crapped out, but I hope people can hear me. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure they can hear you. All right, good. Uh, but, and I can't do it on my end. It has to be on your end. Uh, got Heather Love in the house saying, what's going on? Fess Emmer guy and Alex and the Dojo Army. That's right. Richter in the house. Mr. Richter in the house. Uh, Harris says uh, he can hear you just fine. So Okay, great, great. So, yeah, so, so that's my awesome. user error on someone's part there. It's all good. It's all good. Uh-oh, he's got some more students showing up. What we got going on here? Wow, look at that. Oh, another so so people who call me Seagong, that means they're like students of my students. So these are like Oh yeah, okay. because I've been doing this for a minute, so I have students who have students and they don't yeah. call me Sivu, they call me Seagong, which in Chinese tradition is normally a white haired old man. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, I've yeah. I've been doing this for twenty years, so I have I have some students out there. Nice, nice, nice. That's that's pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. Uh so let's let's get into it. What 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 you know, motivated you and you, you got the calling. You got the call that you looked up, the light was shining down on you and you were like, oh, I must take martial arts. <laughs> what started your love <laughs> for martial arts? Yes. So I have almost like something out of an eight, a bad 80s movie. I, uh, I was eight years old, seven years old, and a neighbor uh, basically bullied me and knocked one of my teeth out, and I couldn't do anything about it. And feeling powerless, the movie The Karate Kid had come out, and I'm like, I want to take karate because that's what you do. You get beat up, you do the martial arts, you have yeah. your training montage, and you go back and you beat the bully, right? Wax on. Absolutely. <laughs> and I basically had that kind of story. I, I got I got beat up. I asked my mom to take me to karate. I started learning karate. Yeah. I went back. I ended up having a fight with the guy who bullied me, and I punched him in the face and made him cry, which is like the equivalent of a knockout when you're a kid. Yeah, you yeah. The guy cry is about yeah. the same as a knockout. Well, this is a movie. 
<laughs> yeah. This is awesome. <laughs> exactly. And then the funny thing was he joined the karate school and then we became friends later. And that's kind of how I got started. Wow. So, Look at that. Yeah. So and but the real like thing for Kung Fu, and I've told this story many times, is I was homesick from school one day and my dad rented Enter the Dragon. That's it. And brought it home on VHS. You know, kitties even know what that is nowadays. Yeah. And I watched it, and I'm eight years old, so it's not just the martial arts. It's like the nudity of the – like the movie is amazing when you're eight right. years old, right? Oh, yeah. And I saw Bruce Lee, and I was like, what is this? <laughs> and it basically changed. Like I was like, I don't want to do karate anymore. I want to do kung fu, right? Exactly. There you go. And uh, I, uh, there was no karate where I lived in New. Uh, sorry, there's no kung fu where I lived in New Jersey, um, but I could get magazines. So every month I got black belt inside kung fu, and I would just read about Bruce Lee and kung fu and all this kind of stuff. And that's how I basically learned until we moved to Seattle when I was a teenager. And at around fourteen, fifteen, I had the chance to learn Wing Chun from descendants of Bruce Lee's original Seattle students. So it came full circle. I had already gotten a black belt in Taekwondo at that point. And, but I was like, uh, I did the black belt because I wanted to finish what I started. Right. But I always wanted to do Chinese Kung Fu and Wing Chun and go that path. And, and I started that when I was 15. So nice. Yeah. Now it's, it's, it's very funny. Um, uh, you got someone in the comment here saying that it always starts with Inner the Dragon. Goated. <laughs> 100%. And that was such a difficult episode of Versus that we did with Way of the Dragon versus End of the Dragon. It was really tough. Yeah. You know, but it was just, I had to go enter because it was like one of my first, just like you. You know, yeah. I was just like yeah. losing my mind. Absolutely. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it's very funny. Like some of the, uh, some of the, uh, or not really surprising, is like some of the greatest martial artists of our time, whether they're in film stuntmen or they're you know just teach and learn it's always been well you know i saw bruce lee (laughs) it's always the same story yeah yeah they saw bruce lee and that was it that was the motivation 100 100 and uh you know i'm sure you know, I, I try because your YouTube channel and your podcast is great. I'm tr- you're, you're trying to keep up with me. I'm trying to keep up with you. <laughs> but there's so much that you have as well, and your stories are great. Thank you. Uh, I'm sure you're constantly being asked questions about the legitimacy of Bruce, right? I'm sure that right. constantly you're just over and over and over. You're answering these questions from people sure. and stuff like that. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I You know, we all love Bruce. Bruce is the man, right? But the thing is, is like... There's always someone better, <laughs> right? Of course. Realistically, yes. there's always someone better. You can have the greatest MMA fighter of all time, and then once in a while, he'll just run into that guy, and he just can't beat that one guy. Right? It's just part. It's just part of the game, and there's nothing wrong with that. Yes. But to yeah. completely, to completely say Bruce Lee was garbage, <laughs> like right. he, like there's no legitimacy at all. Yes. Like he didn't yes. know anything. Right. Or he couldn't spar him, you know, spar his way out of a, a out of a girl's restroom right. is ridiculous. Yes, yes, Th- that's absolutely. ridiculous. Absolutely, that's absolutely. that's when you're crossing. Okay, we're just hating the hate now because everybody right. loves Bruce. That's yeah. all that is. Yeah, definitely. Well, <laughs> you know I mean, what I mean. 
I mean, kind of what the internet does. You yeah. kind of silo people into like team this or team that, and anything mm-hmm. in between always gets lost in the conversation. Right. And it it's you know you also have to look at people for their time period. You know, you have the same thing with Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. You have the same thing with MMA. If you compare the Brazilian Jiu Jitsu of the early '90s and the first UFC compared to the high-level Brazilian jiu-jitsu nowadays. You look at Gary right. Tonin or Gordon Ryan. I mean, these guys are light years ahead of where they were in the 90s, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's normal, but you don't go like, oh, he's Gracie's like, dude, that guy isn't shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> he was the first guy to go in there, right? And so when you look at Bruce Lee for his time period, in yeah. terms of the practical side of martial arts, he was thinking about using focus mitts and modern sparring equipment and mixing things and being competent in different ranges in a time when people thought if you could break a board, you were the best fighter in the world. So he was light years ahead of people at that time. And nowadays, a lot of the discoveries that he made 50 plus years ago are Mm -hmm. self-evident to everyone who's standing on the shoulders of these giants, right? Yeah. Um, and on, on top of that, you also have the new generation. They only know him from the movie. So they right. they don't know that he had like um, he came to America. He had a legitimate boxing match as a teenager that he won. He had multiple street fights. He fought a Japanese karate fighter in Seattle. He had his fight with Wong Jack Man. He had multiple mm-hmm. fights. And of course, People are like, yeah, I don't see any videos of that. And I'm like, you know, the iPhones in the 1960s were terrible. They had potato <laughs> level quality, and that's why you don't see it, right? And so people forget that, you know? And it, it's like, uh, it, it's a bit unfair. Yeah. Yeah. To deify him is a mistake, but to say that this guy, you know, right. was not legit at all is completely yeah. absurd. I mean, come on. Yeah, I mean, I mean, to 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 say that he had absolutely no skill, yeah, like yeah. none. Yeah, <laughs> you don't have to admit that Bruce Lee could beat everyone's ass and become the the MMA champ of today. Right. But to say and he had absolutely no martial arts skill is absurd. Yeah, and also to give you an idea of how stuff gets BSed over time. Uh huh. That clip you just showed where Bruce. Yeah stands there and that was one of his demonstrations mind you that's not sparring that's not fighting it's a demonstration yeah but speed he goes there and he goes really quick and you try to block it and and that guy clearly couldn't block it because he kept putting his head down he was like this yeah that guy is on youtube saying he blocked bruce lee's punch and he beat bruce lee and of course we have video footage of him his name is vic moore he's an absolute phony and he and there he is saying, "Oh, he blocked Bruce's punch and he beat Bruce Lee." And it's like, uh, so he's saying he blocked this that he that clearly missed. Dude and right there, okay. Look at he his, clearly at missed, is, and is he's upset about missing it. Yeah, is that, the, <laughs> is that is that the body gesture of someone who just successfully blocked a punch? I mean, come on. So there's like even when you actually have footage, there are people who are BS. Like, yeah. it's ridiculous, absolutely yeah. ridiculous. But to but to say he knows nothing is it's is insane. Nonsense. It's insane. It's you know. Nonsense. You know. Yeah. Like one of my my favorite heavyweight MMA fighter of all time is Fedor Emelianenko. Yes. I hope he retires really soon because I'm tired of seeing him get knocked out. <laughs> <laughs> He's way past his prime. Yes. I could probably knock him out at this point, right? <laughs> um, 
But to say, now again, just like Fader, you don't have to admit he's the great. He's the greatest. He, you don't have to admit he's the goat. You don't have to admit that he's the greatest of all time and he's the best, you know, MMA heavyweight fighter that ever was. But to say, just like him, to say that he had actually absolutely no skill or to not right. even put him on the top five is insane. Right. It's just people yeah. just hating because they want to hate because it's fun, I guess. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> no, yeah, that's the way the internet works, right? Yeah. 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 So uh, I know you've ton. I know, I know you've ton. I know you've told billions of Bruce Lee stories. Do you want to give us a few, just a few here? Because I don't want to keep you too much. Few interesting so, stories uh, from Bruce. Yeah, so I, I'm kind of a collector of these stories. I've spent a lot of time in Hong Kong. I've met mm -hmm. multiple people who knew Bruce Lee or learned from Bruce Lee. And, and you know, he, he's a huge obsession of mine. Uh, one of my favorite Bruce Lee stories um which I, I think I told recently on, on some podcasts, I don't quite remember, um, but it's still one of my favorites. I, I know one of Bruce Lee's seniors in the Wing Chun family in Hong Kong. His name is uh, Chan Chi Man, and he's actually Bruce Lee's senior. He started before Bruce Lee. He's still around. He's uh, in his 80s. He still remembers all of this stuff super clear, speaks English. He's great. Yeah. And uh, I asked him, uh, I said, you know, do you have any recollection of, you know, like a good story about Bruce Lee? And he told me that, um, you know, he knew Bruce Lee when Bruce Lee was young. And uh, then he didn't see Bruce Lee for 12 years because Bruce was in the States. And then Bruce comes back to Hong Kong and he becomes this big movie star. Right. And Chan Chi Man was working at the YMCA in Hong Kong, the headquarters. And all these years later, Bruce Lee walks in. And he hasn't seen Chan Chi Man for 12 years. And uh, now, of course, Bruce Lee's a huge star. And Chan Chi Man is working at the YMCA. He's like, hey, Bruce. And they see each other. And like it's like no time has passed, right? Yeah. They start chatting back and forth. And they go you know, on and on and on, like uh, talking about Wing Chun, talking about martial arts. And after about an hour, Chan uh, Chi Man is like, uh, hey, you've been talking to me for an hour. You know, you're, you know, aren't you busy? Don't you have like Bruce Lee stuff to do, as I would <laughs> like to say? And Bruce says, yeah, I'm choreographing a fight scene with the American karate champion, Chuck Norris. He's in the Peninsula Hotel waiting for me right now. And Chan Chi Man said, well, you've been talking to me for an hour. Isn't he like waiting for you? And Bruce said, he can wait. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and and I thought, like, you know, we hear a lot about Bruce Lee having, like, a temper or being very yeah. high-strung during that time period. Right. But here you see him at the height of his fame while he would be alive. And yeah. he sees an old Wing Chun classmate of his. And for him, he wants to just stop and talk to him and discuss martial arts and, like, the movie thing can wait for a little bit. Chuck Norris can wait for a little bit. In that moment, that was like the most important thing for Bruce Lee in a time when he was probably the busiest in his life. So I right. find that is like kind of one of the most human Bruce Lee stories that I've heard. And I, I yeah. love that story. I don't know why it's simple, but I think it's great. That's that's pretty awesome. He just, hey, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take some time. We're going to talk about martial arts. Thank you, uh, Harrison, for the for the for the dono for supporting the channel. Uh Again, going back to talking about Bruce Lee's legitimacy, 
I, I have not kept up with Chuck Norris's most recent interviews and what he's been saying recently about Bruce. But again, again, you can love Chuck Norris. You can respect Chuck Norris. Everybody knows Chuck, Lor- Chuck Norris is legit, right? But the thing is, why would, if Bruce Lee knew nothing, <laughs> if Bruce Lee was a hack and knew nothing, why would Chuck Norris be training with this guy? Why? 100%. Now, Chuck Norris has changed his tune on Bruce Lee a number of times. Again? <laughs> okay. Yeah, so I'm of the opinion, if you don't like what Chuck Norris says, uh-huh. just it's wait opinion. 10 minutes, it'll change. You know what I mean? <laughs> so like, um, but he, he even got caught talking trash about Bruce Lee while Bruce was still alive. Oh, okay. Uh, because, right. you know, he was learning from Bruce. Bruce was helping him and stuff. And let's not forget, when Chuck Norris says, well, uh, you know, who would win in a real fight, him or Bruce? Well, you know, I was a competitor at that time. Before pro kickboxing or, or let's say full contact karate, which didn't right. really take off until 74, 75 and later, karate yeah. tournaments were point fighting. Right. Basically, almost minimal to no contact. It was a glorified game of tag. So to compare that and be like, well, I was a competitor at that time. I did tag fighting karate when I was a kid. And I don't <laughs> base my claim as a fighter on the tag sparring I did when I was eight years old. Okay. Right, and right, so right. Chuck Norris. His being a champion, hey, look, for that time, you got to, like I said, you got to put people in their time period. That's what the fighting was. That's what he did. He was the best. But let's not pretend that uh, Chuck Norris did not compete in full contact kickboxing, to my knowledge. I could be wrong. I don't think he did. And so he, you know, at least Joe Lewis did and Bill Wallace and these other guys. But Chuck Norris was a point fighter. Okay. Right. And. So we need to say that. But at some point, he had said something that, like, Bruce didn't really teach him, blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. And there is a letter. You can Google it. Uh-huh. You can Google letter from Chuck Norris to Bruce Lee. And you basically see Chuck being very apologetic to Bruce Lee and saying, like, oh, I'm sorry. And I didn't mean to stay. You weren't my teacher. And yada, yada, yada. And that was when he was alive. Oh my you goodness! Can, it's easy. You can find it on Google. It's literally everywhere. And yeah, then yeah. Bruce Lee dies, and then suddenly, you know, then the story changes. Right, right, right. So there right, you right. go. Right. Wow. Wow. I didn't know any of that. Interesting. Very interesting. And again, another martial artist that everyone respects, Dan Inosanto. Yes. I don't. I've never heard martial arts experts and people on the internet. I've never heard anyone talk shit about Dan Inosanto. Have you? So the only people in that I've seen talk shit about Jan- Dan Inosanto are people on the other side of the Jeet Kune Do argument. Okay. Um, if, if first of all, I've met uh, Sivu Inosanto, and he's a sweet person. He's very skillful, and he's respected by some of the most uh, serious martial artists in yeah. the world. He, he, you know, in his advanced age, he earned a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. He continues to practice. If anyone was the guy who learned from Bruce Lee and then Bruce Lee dies, 
you can make a career for the rest of your life resting on those credentials. Right. Dan Inosanto never did that. He continued to learn. He continued to train. He continued mm-hmm. to explore and still does. He still teaches kids classes at his academy. Nice, and nice. So you cannot help but yeah. respect someone like that. The yeah. only people who talk trash is like there's some people who don't like the fact that he has evolved the Jeet Kune Do idea in the way that he teaches it. Because there's okay. some people that want to do Jeet Kune Do just the way Bruce Lee did it in his time. And okay. so the only people who talk ish about Inosanto are the people who are on the other side of the Jeet Kune Do argument. And it's always the, the politics within a family that are the most corrosive. But outside okay. of that family, most people respect Dan Inosanto, and you cannot yeah. help but respect him. Yeah, I've I've heard, uh, you know, I, I've I've seen interviews with real legit martial artists, and they they will downplay Bruce. He was a hack. He just trained Hollywood stars. Right. That's all he was. And then they'll and the and then later they'll say, oh well, Dan Inosanto's legit. No, that guy. Right. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> and the thing the thing was is Dan Inosanto was already legit before he ran into Bruce. That's Absolutely. what people don't know. Yeah, he you was know, an Ed, he was an Ed Parker black belt and an assistant under Ed Parker at the time when he yeah. came to Bruce. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hold on one second. Oh, thank you, Juliet, for the super chat. Thanks again for watching and hanging out with us. Uh, you rock. Thanks again. Uh, Juliet, but yeah, Juliet is another one of our students, by the way, and she's awesome. Oh, awesome. How yeah. cool is that? She could Fantastic. probably kick my ass. All right. <laughs> definitely. definitely. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like, I don't know, man. It's just, it's just funny. I think it's funny. Again, you don't have to say Bruce Lee is the greatest of all time. To some people, he is. You never know. You don't have to admit that. But to say he knew absolutely nothing yeah. is, ridi- is ridiculous. Absolutely. We're just absolutely. hating it. Yeah. So I have a question for you. Yes. Um, give me your honest opinion. Okay. Because we all know you. You know you're you were inspired by Bruce. You're training under the system. You're you're a master your, yourself. Honest opinion. Would Shaw Brothers Bruce have worked? I want you to be honest. Would this was Shaw Brothers Bruce Lee if he went to Shaw Brothers Studios and made movies? Would this have worked? Yeah, that is the that is the million dollar question right there. Um, at the time of Bruce Lee's death, uh, Shaw Brothers had real, uh, you know, Run Run Shaw realized he made a big mistake, not signing Bruce, and he basically sent them a blank check. Um, I I have heard that at the time of Bruce Lee's death, Linda Lee had a blank check from Run Run Shaw to Bruce Lee that was like, name your price. Uh, And so they had done uh, those test photos and Bruce did it mainly to piss off Raymond Chow because he used this in negotiation tactics with Raymond. I don't really think Bruce's strong suit would have been that really classic style Kung Fu because Bruce really didn't actually do Kung Fu in his movies. I mean, he was using punches and kicks that were like from everywhere. It was very eclectic. He was really doing his thing. You don't actually see him doing like classic Kung Fu movements and styles in that Shaw Brothers kind of way. It would be interesting to see what that film would have been. But I think 
at the time of Bruce Lee's death, he was bigger than Shaw Brothers. He was making Warner Brothers movies. Why is he going to make a studio film for Shaw's at that point, right? So right. I don't think it would have worked. I think it would have flopped, uh, or it just yeah. would not have been as good as what the other guys were doing because that was really not Bruce's strong suit. Yeah, I mean, I, I heard about the stories. It was very fascinating where on the set of uh, The Big Boss, uh, you know, Fist of Fury... He was doing some of the fight choreography, and the and the action uh, coordinator freaked out and ran to Raymond Chow and is like, "This guy, this guy does not know anything. He can't do all this stuff that we need him to do. You know, traditionally yes. stuff, right? Yes, yes, and yes. And then and then he. Uh, this is so funny, Chat. I heard this story, and I'm sure Alex, you can clarify if I'm if I heard it wrong. But he's like, he just hit the guy once, and the guy falls down. We can't do this. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. funny. Absolutely. Because yeah. the, the films up to that time were really, these were former opera actors. So they yeah, were pecking opera, yeah. Multi-movement sets and going back and forth. But right. it was very staged looking, right? right? And so they expected that kind of action. And Bruce was like, he, well, Bruce had two points. One, Bruce was a badass. Of course, he's going to kick the crap out of everyone. Right. But. He, but Bruce made a legit point. He goes, if the guys I'm fighting at the beginning of the movie cause me to use lots of movements to defeat them, how long is it going to take me to defeat the end villain then, right? So, oh, that's so true. That's why his fight with the big boss at the end is a longer fight because right. he's the strongest opponent. So Makes from, sense. A sto- from a story thread, if yeah. you're taking just as long to fight the the peons at the beginning the minions. of the movie than what is the build-up to the final guy. And yeah. the other thing was that that first director, who is not Lo Wei, by the way, that first director got fired, and then Lo Wei oh. took over. That guy was like, Bruce can't do anything, and he was the guy who coined the term three-kick Lee, or three-leg Lee, which is Lei Samka, which is like Lee with the three legs. Because yeah. He meant that, that Bruce was only a three kick, three trick pony and didn't know right. anything else. But later, <laughs> yeah. that same nickname, which was used to make Bruce Lee look bad, was actually his nickname because it was like he had three legs that he could kick you so fast with. And then right. it kind of changed evolution. And then when Bruce became a ladies' man, it changed meaning once more. <laughs> <laughs> So it oh my god! Was the gift that kept giving, right? So you know. Oh, that's hilarious! But yeah, hearing those stories, I was just like, "Wow, this is really funny." When you when you think about it, it's like he just does one kick and they fall down. We right. can't do what is this? We, we can't do this. Oh my god, yeah. that's so it was funny! Not the style at that point. Yeah. So uh, t- you started off with Taekwondo. How how many years did it uh, take you to get their black belt for Taekwondo? So I did I did karate for a short time, and then I switched to Taekwondo. My mom put me in a school with Koreans. They were fresh off the boat. They barely spoke English. They beat the living piss out of me. It was amazing. Uh, <laughs> it took me uh, it took me from about age well, I started at eight, but Taekwondo I really started around nine after doing a couple of years of karate. I got my black belt at fifteen, and and it was brutal. It was you know lots of hard work and. It was a very tough test, and it was the old yeah. days. Now they give black belts like candy after a year and a half, after two years. Oh, um, shit. Yeah. So, Shots fired. But, <laughs> <laughs> and as soon, 
as soon as I got my black belt, I basically started Wing Chun almost the day after that. So nice. It was like a quick so turnover. how how brutal is the training of Wing Chun? How so, brutal can it get at times? It depends. Wing Chun is a very aggressive style of Kung Fu. It's very different from the more traditional forms-based styles. 80% of our training is with a partner. And so, you know, someone trying to punch and kick you, you have to learn how right. to defend yourself. So um, I, I teach it in a very safe way because I teach professionals. They don't want to go to school, like, all busted up or whatever. Yeah, that's me in Miami back in, uh, back in April um enjoying the sun down there got a couple students down there as well nice nice and, nice uh yeah but you know, when i when i did wing chun training three of the years i did training was at an, uh, an old castle in germany where i trained full-time six hours a day five days a week i did that for three years and yeah. uh, that training was very intensive and wing chun training can get pretty violent uh, but it depends on the teacher. It depends on how they teach it. So there's there's many different ways of of, of teaching it. Nice, nice, nice. So it depends on the teacher. Yeah, one hundred percent. Okay. Uh, everyone, okay. every Sivu teaches a course. They don't teach the art the way the art is. They teach it the way they are. So if you have an an aggressive Sivu, they teach it aggressively. You have a chilled Sivu, they teach it more chill. I'm right. somewhere in between. In the middle. Okay. Yeah. All right. You can you'll have fun, but then when it's time to work, we are gonna work. Kind of, kind of. One hundred percent. That's the way to. I, do I can it. dig that. I can dig it. Uh, right here, you got the butterfly knives here. That's right. What's the correct term? So in Wing Chun, we actually don't call them butterfly knives. Most people call them butterfly knives um, right. because that's what they're called in in the other Southern styles. Wing Chun were total snobs. We like to tell everyone they're wrong, right? It's like very <laughs> part and parcel to being a Wing Chun practitioner. So the, yeah. st the type of uh, form we use is called Bat Chang Do, which is the eight slashing knives. But okay. those particular knives, we call them um, Bao Chang uh, Do, which means to cover the elbow because they only go, if you hold it in a reverse grip, they shouldn't go past your elbow. Right. Um, because okay. if they're longer, they're going to be too long to use. So we call them double knives or, or the elbow cover knives. But uh, butterfly knives, that's like what the other Southern Kung Fu styles call them. So we're like, I don't use butterfly <laughs> knives. Those are the other guys. All right. And so, but it's most, many Wing Chun people call them butterfly knives. But like, right, you, know, right. you want to get technical. You know. That's why I said I'll have you uh, any any pronunciations, <laughs> names or whatnot. I will leave that to you because samurai's known to botch them. I botch them horrible. Uh, AJ Mason okay. says I always wanted to train Wing Chun. Looks like fun. There we go. That's right. It can definitely be fun. But I don't I don't know if you want to train at Alex's school because when it's brutal, man. Here's a clip from the school. Here uh, we have a clip right here. <laughs> Ripping the dick off, you know. I don't know. It's it's brutal How did down you there. Get that footage, man. That is <laughs> private closed door footage. That's not for open public. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's high. Oh man, you but uh, pay a lot of money to learn uh, that. But you only damn pay it. that money once. <laughs> damn it! I shouldn't have played it. Uh, but but uh, yeah, it's really awesome. So it's been over twenty years of you, uh, you know, learning martial arts, and and, and how long you've been teaching it. So, uh, well, it's been longer that I've been learning. Well, obviously, oh. I started when I was eight. Um, okay. Did, yeah, everyone wants to do this to find out my age. <laughs> um, I uh, 
started Wing Chun at around 15, and but next year will be the 20th anniversary of my school, City Wing Chun. And so I've been teaching for basically 20 years, and I was practicing Wing Chun already about four years prior to that. And so, yeah, it's been uh, it's been a while. And that student there that I'm teaching, that's Antonio Hart. He's a world famous jazz musician. You can oh, all right. Antonio Hart. He's like top of the food chain saxophone player in, in the uh, yeah. Jazz so uh, yeah, anyone my private students. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so if, uh, anybody watching right now, where can they find your school on the East Coast? Uh, so I'm in New York City. I'm right in the heart of Manhattan. Uh, I'm in Midtown, for people who know what that is, very close to Times Square. And you can go to citywt.com. That's our website. We've got all that information there. We also have online training. And, and uh, now I even I bought a house in Florida. So if people want to train with the Kung Fu Genius privately, you oh, can shit. go to the sun in Florida and uh, brave the coronavirus and train with me. <laughs> Uh, it's uh, 20 grand an hour, right? Yeah, about, about 45 minutes, not an hour, Okay, wait an hour. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, man. Well, that's really awesome, man. You live in, you live in the dream. That, that, that is really awesome. But, but I, I, had, I have to show this. Now, once I saw this, I couldn't stop laughing. Where did you get this suit? <laughs> this is amazing. I that at Amazon. That's, another, that's one of our students from the Brooklyn... Uh, location there yeah he's super tall dude so we recreated that famous photo of bruce lee and kareem abdul jabbar now oh yeah that, that suit is a problem i don't mean to draw any attention but it kind of goes to it like an arrow <laughs> there is first of all i don't know why anyone would ever want to fight in that suit and mind <laughs> you it's not the original one i'm hoping the one that bruce lee wore was a little more accommodating but basically, right. it it's got a seam that goes right up the middle. And when you wear that suit as a dude, you have yeah. to make a decision, right pant leg or left pant leg, <laughs> because it's going in one, it's not staying in the middle, all right? And, and it's the most uncomfortable thing in the world. It's the worst. <laughs> oh, my God. But I was like, yeah, he's doing Game of Death, baby. I love it. I, yeah. I was just like, oh, this is great. This is Pretty great. Awesome. Oh, my we God. We did all, like, the kicks and stuff. And every Halloween, we, like, usually bring those picks out. For oh, me. I love it. Yeah. Nice, nice, nice. And so, you know, training and teaching, obviously, you've been doing it for a while now, for a long time. What made you uh, want to start podcasting and, and, and create a YouTube channel and all that stuff? So I um, I had a podcast uh, since about 2016 with one of my good friends. His name is Big Sean Madigan. We okay. had a, a podcast called Dudes of Kung Fu. And I'm the Wing Chun guy. He's the Jeet Kune Do guy, right? So okay. it's like a sitcom, right? Like sometimes <laughs> the Wing Chun and the Jeet Kune Do guys don't get along with each other, right? Yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. We had a great time, and it was a it, for Wing Chun and Jeet Kune Do nerds. It was a very big podcast. Um, right. Big Sean passed away suddenly last December. Oh. Um, while I was in Florida, um, you know, he was uh, he was a heavy dude. He had health issues. Yeah. And he he passed away suddenly, and it was like it just it just broke my heart. I mean, I love Big Sean to death. He was my man, yeah. you know. And that podcast. Dudes of Kung Fu, I, I couldn't get someone else to be the co-host because the podcast was the two of us. Anyone right. who I would put in his place, and I would pick someone great. I wouldn't pick a schlub. 
but yeah. they would forever be compared to Big Sean, and that's that's something that no, I wouldn't want to put anyone in that seat. So right. I decided um, to do my own thing. I had talked to Sean about it before he passed. That I wanted to also have my own separate podcast from Dudes, yeah. and um, he passed away in December. And by March, I I started the Kung Fu Genius podcast on as a YouTube video, but it, it, it we yeah. also have an audio version on Spotify and wherever you listen nice. to audio podcasts. And, and it's fun. I mean, uh, my channel's not as big as yours, and it's it's growing. Oh, it'll um, it'll but, be um, it's growing quick, my friend. It's growing. I love give it, it time. Growing. It'll I'll be you'll pass me up. <laughs> no, I don't. You got way broader appeal. I think people are like, who's this Kung Fu genius guy talking about Bruce <laughs> again? You can diversify. I have a small <laughs> pool of topics I have to regurgitate. Right. So uh, yeah. But I enjoy uh, you and Dre, man. Dre's the best, man. He's Shout so out funny. to Dre. Shout out to Dre, son, on East Coast. Dre yeah, is, Dre. Dre's the man. Dre, he, he makes me laugh. You guys make me laugh. He's so funny. He's so funny. And the out, I love how you put in the outtakes, too, sometimes. Yeah, for his bo- yeah. For him botching the narration, the, the monologue. Like you, he always you put that in there. it up. It's great. It's guaranteed. <laughs> yeah. And uh, right here, look at that shot. Yep. Yep. Yeah, Dre's I'm, I'm been digging the hair for a while, and uh, um, yeah, he's great. I mean, he's like the he plays the voice of the everyman on the podcast because I'm like a, a veritable trash bin of kung fu trivia and knowledge, and he's yeah. like the Wait, tell me about that guy again, and then so he <laughs> plays kind of the voice of the everyman to keep me from going yeah. too into like Wing Chun geekdom and kung fu geekdom. He keeps me, he keeps me level. Right, right. Nice. But yeah, you guys have great chemistry. You're a lot of fun to watch. So chat, make sure it's in the description box below the link to the YouTube channel. Make sure you guys subscribe and binge. You're going to binge watch everything because this is so entertaining. Uh, I especially have been enjoying, let's see, I thought I had a photo of it here. Hold on a second. All right. It is not here. That's fine. Your uh, comparisons or your critiques of movie training sequences, if they're legit or not. <laughs> so right, you have Drunken right. Master, Rocky Four. Those are fun. I enjoy watching those. Yeah, with Dr. Kenneth J., who's yeah. a sport physiologist. First of all, you can't tell from the Zoom, but he is like, he looks like Thor in real life. I oh, shit. Like, he is too big to even be my Iron Man suit. He is like, <laughs> my my... My head goes like up to his chest. I look like a child next to him. And oh my god! My, he in, in kind of physical fitness and uh, training. He's he's my mentor in that field, and he's right. so good at what he he trains uh, UFC fighters. And he's mm. like he's like top of the food chain when it comes to that stuff. And so I I kind of take a back seat in those episodes and <laughs> listen to him kind of. You know, to like, is this training legit or not? And we have one more coming out. We did a no retreat, no surrender. Oh, um, nice! And so we'll that one will come out maybe in the next few weeks. And okay, then, I gotta uh, watch that. Like it, so I think I'll have them back. So any recommendations yeah. you have for movie montages? Uh, I'm yeah. definitely all ears. I'll definitely do them with them. Oh yeah! Those, again, I'm I'm enjoying those. So keep doing those awesome. if you can, because you know there's tons yeah. of training sequences out there, martial arts movies and action films. Definitely. Um, uh, hold on a second here. Shout out to Jihad again. He Roy says, thank again. you, sir, awesome. for showcasing my Sikung. Did I say it right? Yeah. All right. Close enough. <laughs> All right. I'm trying. Thank you, sir, you for are. supporting the channel. Oh, are you already getting subs, man? Look at that. Already wow, getting subs. That's so what I'm talking about. 
for subscribing. I appreciate it. Thank you yeah, so movie, much. The movie Dojo Army knows what's up. They That's know awesome. what's up. You got a great fan base. They're great guy. I love reading the comments to all your live streams. Like when we do verses and like I don't feel like it's my wheelhouse, I'll watch them. And I yeah. love like the comments back and forth. You you got a great bunch of followers there. Really cool. The, the, the only the only funny thing, the difficult thing is when every verses that you're on with yeah. a, with us. I'm looking at what you're writing in the comments. <laughs> I'm like, I'm trying to listen to what Rick is saying. I'm trying to, and I'm just looking. I'm just like, <laughs> so if you randomly see me laughing, most likely it's, uh, I'm looking at something you put in there, but it's pretty funny. Uh, yeah, it's fun. It's fun to comment while the episode's going on. And also, uh, uh, congratulations getting on the cover. Look at this guy. Yeah, that was a few years back. I also I write for that magazine regularly. I write for Weekend Illustrated. I have my column is called The Kung Fu Genius. Right. And um, yeah, so I made it on the cover. We shot that down in Brooklyn, and uh, Christy shot that. She's my social media gal. She handles all my public social media. So I got a good team that makes me look a lot better than I am. It's not. It's all smoke and mirrors. <laughs> but uh, hey, it's pretty cool, man. Thank you. Uh, but here we go. Oh, there was another story. I don't know if you've heard this one, but again, it sounds similar to a martial arts movie, but I came across, I actually ran into him twice, a, a very great guy, very nice guy, Benny the Jitter Kitas. and everybody knows that guy's legit. Yes. That guy's legit. I don't think he's lost a fight, you know, competing yes. uh, professionally, and there was an interview, and he said he was, he was young around the time this was going on. He said he was actually yes. in the audience. Yes, I've heard that story. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. He's, he's you know, he's in L.A. at that yeah. time. That's where Benny grew up, and Benny was a young karate practitioner. And yeah, he sold the story multiple times. I mean, so he you, definitely... you heard it then, how he wanted to train and spar with yeah. Bruce at some point. Yeah. And they told him he wasn't good enough. Right. <laughs> some people said he wasn't good enough yet. And then he went off to some, it was like a movie. He went off to some tournament and beat all these dudes and they came yes. back and he felt he was ready and then Bruce passed away and he yeah. felt like he was he was cheapened you know a, a chance to train or spar uh yeah. with Bruce Benny but i mean again again man. if he again if he's not legit you got one of the most legit martial artists out there Absolutely. saying saying that story telling people 100%. that story you know 100% I mean? 100% yeah. yeah so i'm seeing these kicks here that you're doing here yes are these are, are do you call these oblique kicks? What do you call <laughs> these kicks here? Uh, no, we call it a good old side kick to the knee. Uh, okay. I think it's Joe Rogan who decided to call it an oblique kick, and it's like, <laughs> okay. bro, it's a side kick to the knee. Martial artists been doing it. <laughs> I mean, obviously, we have it in Wing Chun. The the kicks in Wing Chun are on the low line. We generally don't kick very high. Okay, and, and obviously, when when Bruce created his Jeet Kune Do, he modified some of those Wing Chun kicks to do them from the side on stance. And that lead leg side kick to the knee is like right out of the Wing Chun playbook right there. And uh, I don't know if you saw last Saturday's UFC with Khalil Roundtree. I was going to bring that up to you. So I have a shot of it right here, right here. Well, hold on. This is oh, John, John Jones. Jones using yeah. it. So John yeah. Jones was like one of the first ones in UFC to yes. start using this type of yes. kick. Yes. And uh, it was a controversial kick. But, yes. yeah, Roundtree did it. Oh. And, dude, that guy went down and he was done. Yeah, fight over. Like, right? just one just one kick, boom, that, that yeah. was it. It's over. Yes. It was crazy. And I think he got um performance of the night bonus. 
Yeah. Uh, very, very humble uh, guy, Roundtree, and the guy he yes. fought was very humble too. They, they, they actually, he actually went to go check on him after the event, right? See how right. he was doing and stuff like that. Yeah, great guys, real, both real badasses. But yeah. now there's talk. I don't think anything is going to come of it. I don't think but so. now there's talk going around. Is this too dangerous for MMA? Are they going to start banning these type of kicks? Right. Obviously, no, <laughs> they're right. not. I don't think so. Um, but what do you what do you think? What's your what's your well? I mean, you see that here's where these kind of tactics, which are very effective for personal protection. I mean, look, if someone attacks you, you need to do what you need to do to survive. And if kicking someone right in the knee is the thing to do, then you need to do it, especially if you have a bigger, stronger opponent. Whether this has a place in sportive combative fighting, well, that's a different question. But you start to see, like, look, that's straight out of the Bruce Lee playbook. Clearly, he had no idea what he was talking about when the main thing that he advocated. Now, MMA people are like, well, maybe we shouldn't do that thing, right? Um, yeah. You mean that thing he was showing back in the 50s and 60s? Yeah. Technically, I believe, I could be wrong, um, you're not allowed to strike directly against the joints in mixed martial arts. That's one of the rules. Okay. But it's a bit of a gray area when you're striking the side of the joint, like when someone is side on and you're kicking the knee from the side as opposed to directly straight onto the knee frontally, right? Okay, and so let's so, see how John – so is John Jones doing it right or wrong here? Yeah, well, he's doing both the lead leg side kick, and even when he kicks with his rear foot and does the, that front kick with his foot turned out, that's yeah. that's one of our standard ways of kicking in Wing Chun. And I have to say, he's doing it pretty damn good. Um, okay. Oftentimes, you know, because we don't use kind of a kickboxing frame in Wing Chun, we, we're already much closer, so that kick we normally do when we're a little bit closer, so it's not done from a bouncy stance. But right. he, but he has modified it to that kind. Now I don't, I'm not saying he got it from a Wing Chun guy, but right. you know, uh, uh, similar people come up with the same things the world over. Different cultures invented the wheel. Different cultures invented wrestling. So right. there's certain things that people just come up when you've been doing this long enough, and it's a very effective and very dangerous kick when it's applied. I don't think they're going to change anything in no. MMA for it. Um, I mean, they gave him a bonus for it. They gave him a bonus for it. <laughs> Good job, <laughs> potentially crippling that guy for life. <laughs> and, and and if you rewind a little bit, you had the two really dangerous low kick, you know, incidents where the other guy checked it perfectly, and the other dude's legs were just done. I think it was Chris Weidman and and yeah. uh, who else? Who it was another guy? Well, so so Anderson Silva broke his leg on Chris right. Ry- Weidman. Chris Weidman broke his leg on Uriah Hall, and Conor McGregor yeah. broke his leg. Check, you know, getting his leg checked. So. I mean, uh, then are we going to... Well, none of them, them was check? checked! Yeah, but, <laughs> I mean, like, can you imagine having Connor's a crazy being on the yeah. ground and talking trash to someone? <laughs> I mean, what? You have to be, I mean, you have to be, I mean, we could say whether what he said was appropriate or not, and, like, I think he definitely lost a lot of fans there. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know, there's something about, you know, it reminds me of Monty Python. The dude's got all of his limbs cut. It's just a flesh wound, right? And you're there literally missing limbs and you're still talking trash to the other guy. I don't know. The Black Knight? Yeah, the Black Knight. There's come like come back here. I'll bite illusions. your freaking face off. Yeah, I'll bite you. But come on, come back over here, right? What is he going to do? Hop on one leg? If I, I mean, 
That's just crazy. You can't. You could. Oh man. If you wrote that in a script, no one yeah. would believe it, right? Like, <laughs> truth is stranger than fiction, right? Oh, proper twelve. That's it. That <laughs> yeah, up. make sure you get the plug in while your legs are <laughs> on the ground, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Oh not. my god! But yeah, I, I, I just, I've seen many photos of the Wing Chun t- style of kick, and it just immediately reminded me of what happened over the weekend. Yes. And I wanted to bring that up to you. So that's that's pretty awesome. That's pretty interesting. In the way of the dragon fight, is that the type of kick he did on Chuck? In the yeah, fight so you'll see there's one long sequence there where he kind of like does the one kick and then he uses that rear leg kick just like John Jones did. And that's right. basically applying Wing Chun kicks using a... What people don't realize, Bruce Lee moved around like Muhammad Ali, especially in that movie, but... Bruce's long distance footwork was way more um, influenced by fencing than it was from boxing. Right. So he basically uh, used a fencing frame to apply Wing Chun and he did other kicks as well, the roundhouse kick and stuff like that. But yeah, right. you're basically seeing, you know, Bruce doing those kind of tactics. And let's not forget how Bruce won that fight against Chuck. He won, won it by guillotine, you know? I mean, like, yeah, yeah. it was a neck breaker in that movie, but I mean, Bruce did a double leg takedown in Way of the Dragon. Yeah, he did a yeah. guillotine. And when people talk shit about Bruce's arm bar against Sammo Hung in Enter yeah. the Dragon, they go, oh, there right. wasn't a real arm bar. It wasn't. It was a neck crank. If you watch it, he was actually cranking Sammo Hung's head. It wasn't an arm bar. So, oh, yeah, okay. So if you look at what he, he was doing 48, 49 years ago, double leg takedowns, guillotines, <laughs> neck cranks right. in Chinese movies and they're like this guy really didn't have any idea what he was doing alright yeah. Yeah. Mr. Hindsight Mr. 2020 <laughs> you know I mean like hindsight bias is real right you know like so people can look at that stuff now and maybe he was way ahead of his time oh yeah but philosophy too yes. that was a no no back then wait you want to learn wait you want to learn different styles and put that together oh no 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 sir nay nay yeah, that's not I mean, allowed. Uh, I, we just we just recorded an episode. Uh, it'll come out in about two weeks. I did Bruce Lee did a radio interview with uh, Ted Thomas in 1972, and you just hear his, how he just doesn't believe in styles and how he believes like the man needs to express themselves like right. like rather than be bound to yeah, style. Yeah, I remember that interview. One of my interview. favorite Bruce Lee isms, um, which is you cannot have an effective segment of a totality. Right. Meaning like people who are so stuck into their styles, they don't see, you know, right. the forest for the trees or whatever. And I mean, he's saying stuff like this 50 years ago. Right. I know. It's and crazy. People today, they're not on that level. No. What he says, like, I don't believe in this way of fighting or this way of fighting. What do you say? Yeah. Until we grow three arms and three legs, like, yeah, <laughs> we will exactly. have a different way of fighting. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, man. Yeah. He, he, he's legend, man. He's legend. 100 percent. But um. You know I'm going to bring it up. I got to okay. bring it up because I got you here. The Quentin Tarantino interview. <laughs> I got to bring it up. Now, here's the thing. Yeah. I am a fan of Quentin Tarantino's movies. Sure. I like his movies. Sure. I, I enjoy his movies, you know, and I probably still watch his movies if he makes more movies. But when I, and I enjoyed Once Upon a Time in, in Hollywood. I enjoyed the movie. Yes. But. I thought that Bruce Lee sequence in this fake Hollywood world, I get it. It's not supposed to be real. I thought that scene was very strange. Obviously, it was in there for comedic purposes. 
Yeah. But I thought that scene with fake Bruce was strange because the movie goes out of its way to literally take shots at the fake Bruce Lee in the movie. And I thought that was very odd. Yes. You know what I mean? And then hearing the Joe Rogan interview... None of none of what he said made any sense. I I wanted him to just be honest. Like I don't like Bruce Lee. I think he's a hack. Yeah. I would respect yeah. Quentin more if right. he just came out and said, "I I always thought he was b- bullshit. I ne- I never liked the guy. He was a hack." Da 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 da. I would respect him more if he just did it that way. I was like, okay, yeah. that's his opinion. That's fine. But he was constantly dancing around, you know, uh, being honest. <laughs> just be honest, man. Yes. And and people forget and it, it confused me because there were literal uh, odes to Bruce Lee in Kill Bill. Yeah. There were several yeah. moments in Kill Bill that were clearly odes to Bruce. So if you 100%. hate the guy, if you think the guy's a hack, if you think he treated the stuntmen like shit, what 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 are we doing here? That's what frustrated me more. Just be honest. You don't like right. Bruce Lee. Fine. Yeah. Be honest. Stop dancing around. Sure. You know what I mean? Sure. And he goes, well, I put it in my mo- movie because it was in the book. Well, you wrote the book. Yeah. <laughs> you wrote the book. <laughs> now, have you heard from your side of the, you know, the the, the, the sect, meeting right. all Bruce Lee's students and, and all that stuff and and being behind the scenes, have, have it, 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 did anything Quentin say have merit? Did Bruce Lee on purpose injure stuntmen? No. This is absolute nonsense. And, and it, I totally agree with you in that, like, Quentin Tarantino clearly just doesn't like Bruce Lee. And just be honest. Just, he should just say that, right? And, <laughs> yeah. But instead, he decides to kind of clown Bruce Lee in his movie. And I think he, he, I don't think he was really, I don't think he realized how much that would piss off people. I think he thought some people might get upset, but I don't think he realized that he would have to constantly defend that portrayal as much as he would have to, right? And you see, like you said, he seems to just have to double down and try to, like, go really deep into his pockets to find some shred of something to justify this pretty horrific and ridiculous portrayal. If he just said, it's like, look, Bruce is, like, overrated. Everyone thinks he's the greatest, whatever. I thought it would be funny to make him look like an ass clown in my movie. You'd be like, all right. Okay. Yeah. I get that's it. your opinion. Yeah. And, and and but it's like but it but then it's like that's your world, that's your Hollywood world. You make him look like an idiot and then we buy it because that's what you wanted to do. But right. now he's like concocting stories by saying, Well, it's so and so's book, they said this and then and it's like yeah. no. You, you, none of these things, according to any of the eyewitness accounts, we have any look, I've read read you can look at my bookshelf here. I have every book written about Bruce Lee ever, including books written in Chinese that never came out in English. Okay. So like, don't talk to me about what Bruce Lee did or didn't do. Yeah. Uh, This, first of all, for for him to say Bruce Lee didn't like American stuntmen is insulting because Bruce Lee was American. He literally was American. All right. So it's like, stop. Okay. And, and, I, I'm just going to say one thing. I said this on the Kung Fu Genius podcast. Okay. I don't like to I don't like to drop names because yeah. uh, I just feel it's not. Because I'm not going to say who said this, but I have okay. a good friend okay. who knows Quentin Tarantino personally. Okay. And Quentin Tarantino told my friend that he doesn't really. And, and this was, by the way, years before all. Because I was told this 
six years ago, okay, like before all this stuff came out. Okay. That Quentin doesn't like Bruce Lee. She yeah. prefers okay. Bruce Lee, the L-E Bruce Lee, one of those <laughs> fake Bruce Lees. Not even Bruce L-I, Bruce L-E, who is like the four-stripe Adidas of Bruce Lee imitators, all right? Like, come on. So he prefers one of the Bruce Bloitation guys. Over actual Bruce Lee. <laughs> Okay. And, but you know, like I've seen with these Hollywood types, you sometimes feel they just say these things to be controversial because they're Hollywood types. Like everyone thinks Bruce Lee's actually, he wasn't good. The real one that was good was Bruce Lee. And, you know, I, uh, I don't often agree with Bruce Lee's daughter, Shannon, because I, I, um, that's a separate issue. I don't like how she's handled the estate of her father. And, okay. um, and her kind of interpersonal relationship with her family in Hong Kong. I don't find that a very strong showing for respecting her father. But, like, damn it, Quentin Tarantino is making me agree with Shannon Lee. And uh, <laughs> because what she said is true. I mean, for you know, I, I mean, I'm not like uh, uh, the most uh, like uh, if you want to take pot shots at Bruce Lee, take pot shots at bruce lee you don't have to say it's racist you don't have to say yeah. this if you want to take pot shots but right. i just find it i just found it a little cheap and in in this day and age to take like the one you know you know maybe now things are different with shang chi but um right you know with with simu leo you know it's like but like to take the one guy one chinese guy who made it in hollywood who's a symbol for so many people and yeah. just shit on him because you think he's funny and then double down and say he was an asshole. I don't find it a good look. And yeah. and, and so I, I just think like he, he could have done it differently. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, he could have done and, it differently. And I love yeah. that movie except for that part. You yeah. know, it's like. I like, got, I have the movie back here. I got it on 4K because yeah, I enjoy the movie. If, if you took that movie out and, or sorry, you took that scene out and just because he's just trying to establish Brad Pitt's character as being a badass. Right. You could have done that a number of other ways with a number of other Hollywood stars at that time. And right. the movie would have worked exactly the same. And right. uh, so it just felt a little cheap. But he, hey. I mean, those were real shots. Like, they, yeah, those the are movie real shots. Made, made, like, you haven't fought and killed anybody. You have no idea what you're talking about. Like, that right. was real shot at a fake Bruce world, Bruce Lee world. Yeah. According absolutely. to him. That was a yeah. real shot. Yeah. Put it this and way. Bruce, put it this way. Rick Bruce Rick Myers said it Muhammad best. Ali. Yeah. Right. Rick Myers said it best. You know, we, we love us some Kung Fu Santa. He said it best. <laughs> now we, we you know, we can enjoy the movie and we do. We like the movie. We just said we like the film, except for that scene. But Rick Myers made a point. He says, even if this is a fake world, right? A fake Hollywood, this is not supposed to be really Bruce. Think about this though. In this fake world, Manson, Charles Manson, was more respected in the movie than Bruce Lee. Yeah. <laughs> and he's, if you think about it, it's kind of true, actually. Yeah. You know, Charles Manson was not looked upon in the movie as someone horrible, right. but Bruce Lee was the asshole. Think yeah. about that, chat. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Okay, so I had to bring that up with you. Sure, you know? sure. But just again, I, again, I I would disagree with Quentin, but I would respect him more if he's like, you know what? I am so happy. This was my goal, was to piss off people, and I, I was going to be the ultimate troll sure. and to piss off the Bruce Lee fans, and I'm laughing about it. <laughs> I would respect him more yeah. for that than he's getting all defensive. Exactly. You know. Exactly. You know. It's like, come on, Quentin. 
Oh, my goodness. But it's true. Rick yep. Meyer said it perfectly. Absolutely. Oh, and uh, hold on a second. Uh, Marco G says he was close with the stuntmen. Yeah. He says definitely. Bruce Lee was. Yep. Uh, yeah. Even in Hong Kong, I've talked to a number of uh, people who were like, I talked to one stuntman uh, a couple couple years ago who was on the set of Enter the Dragon. And he said when they called cut, Bruce would just sit and hang out with the stuntmen. <laughs> they loved him. He would make sure that, you know, if, if he got better food than them, he would eat the same food the stuntmen ate. And the stuntmen actually absolutely loved him. And this was coming from a stuntman who was on the set of Enter the Dragon. And that is a story I've heard again and yeah. again and again in all my travels to Hong Kong. So it just seems extremely out of character. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, here, here's some other ones. True or false? Give me some true or false here. True or false? Bruce Lee got challenged on the set of The Big Boss and took care of business, and the stuntmen respected him after that. Is that true? Uh, that's inconclusive. We don't know. There are lots of stories uh, back and forth, but uh, what happened on the set of Big Boss, there's also a story that there was a Thai boxer who challenged him. There's a few different stories. Right. Um, it's inconclusive. Okay. Uh, we don't know. Yeah. So it wasn't Lam Ching Ying. It wasn't him that kind of tested Bruce? Uh, I don't. I mean, Lam Ching Ying loved Bruce Lee. At first, he was a bit uh, um, he was a bit uh, hesitant because basically Bruce came in and replaced the original star, who was James Tien, who kind of I ended know. up playing second poor, field. Poor and, James. Yeah, and James Tien's career never damn it. never recovered after that, right? So I think some of the stuntmen felt like, oh, who's this guy Bruce coming in? But Lam Ching Ying later became one of the biggest supporters of Bruce Lee and he loved Bruce Lee and Bruce put him in many films. And when another actor challenged yeah. Bruce Lee in the newspaper, Lao Dai Chun, okay. Lam Ching Ying went up to that guy. And Lam Ching Ying's not a real fighter. He's a stuntman. But he was right. so offended that this guy challenged Bruce that he said to him in Cantonese, you are not effing qualified to challenge my Sifu because he called Bruce Sifu. You would have to fight me first if you want to fight him in a restaurant. Yo. And Lam Ching Ying was a chill dude, but yeah. he was he was a ride or die guy for Bruce Lee. After that, I'll tell you. So that. he was straight up like Prodigal Son, man. He was just doing. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Wow! But Lam Ching Ying, he's, he's he's still a badass though. He's a stunt man. Like he's he's, he's not a snowflake. He's a badass. No, he was a real badass. Everyone loved him. He was a fantastic actor. When he passed away in the mid nineties, I cried. That was a tough day for me when he passed, man. Uh, Mar yeah, yeah, he's legend. Uh, Marco G says, Alex, have you learned more about the infamous drug letters that were released since your podcast? I've learned a lot since, uh, you know, uh, for people who don't know, uh, recently, a couple months ago, an auction house revealed about 50 letters that were written from Bruce Lee to his student, Bob Baker. Uh, more, most of them, not all of them, were written in the last two years of Bruce Lee's life. And we found out that Bruce had a pretty sizable cocaine habit, among other things. And this and is this, legit, because I didn't get a chance to watch your videos yet. Yeah, it's it's legit, it, and it was something. Look, the top Bruce Lee biographers, Matt Pauley, John Little, these are these are my friends. I know these people. Yeah. These were the guys who have written books about Bruce Lee. No one knew about it. This was a bombshell for everyone, even people who are really close. Everyone knew that he had... You know, use some other more recreational style drugs, but no one knew about the cocaine. I heard that, but I didn't yeah. hear about cocaine. Oh, my God. But it seems he had a pretty major habit. You can watch the video. I re actually read the letters in there. Um, like, in one letter, he ordered $500 worth of cocaine in 1973. I don't oh my even God. know how much that was. 
And uh, so this could be a, a, a contributing factor to his death. It That's what I was going to say. Yeah, it, it definitely explains his weight loss in the last two years. How come, how it, come nobody else is talking about this? Um, uh, some people have talked about it since I came out. By the way, I, I'm the Kung Fu genius. I'm not the drug genius. But since <laughs> right. that, that is, by the way, the number one viewed video on my uh, Kung Fu genius channel. Well, yeah, I, I have to watch it why yeah. I got this big bump. And since that came out, what I have learned about my audience and their knowledge of drugs is quite amazing. Like, so <laughs> people in the comments are like teaching me all sorts of things. And um, Bruce died of cerebral edema and cerebral right. edema is something that can be because of cocaine <clears throat> use and abuse, regardless of amount. It definitely right. changes what we know. Um, and uh, people keep saying they didn't find cocaine in the autopsy. Hey, the Kung Fu genius has read Bruce Lee's autopsy. Okay. Like I actually have a copy of the, the autopsy, not a transcript. I have right. read, I have it. Okay. And Is it in there? The, what they tested for in the toxicology report, they don't actually say, and it's intentionally very vague. So okay. there's actually no evidence that they tested <clears throat> for cocaine at the time of his death. So okay. um, who knows, man? It's still, I, wow. I've learned a lot of things uh, about drugs. I wish I learned more things you, about Kung Fu. I've learned more about drugs than anything else. Right, right. Do you think uh, him um, going from recreational to a little bit more of the hardcore stuff was due to his work schedule? And so, ac- doing, according- he was just doing too much training, writing, producing, directing. All like it was just nonstop. I heard with this guy. Yeah, he was definitely burning the candle at both ends. I mean, uh, cocaine or no cocaine, it, it it it'd be interesting to see how long Bruce could have kept that pace up because uh, I think that would kill most regular humans. Uh, right, the amount of work right. that he was doing, what he was doing, and the stress he was putting his body under. Right. Um, but uh, in the letters, he talks about like. He wanted more cocaine because he felt that it helped him with the creative process for writing stuff. Oh. So he wasn't doing it as some of my comments just because of the pain in his lower back. You don't take cocaine because you have pain in your lower back. Right, Um, right, He was definitely taking it for the creative process. We know from stories at the time at the end of his, the last few months, he was paranoid. He pulled a knife on director Low Way. He was like increasingly becoming more violent. Is that why he blacked out on the set of Into the Dragon? Uh, it wasn't on the set. It was during a dubbing session. That was on May 10th, oh, okay. 1973. Okay. He basically uh, had a seizure and was convulsing, which, by the way, right. is a, a symptom of overdosing on cocaine. And But wow. he did not tell the doctors he was telling cocaine, so they did not look for it, in my opinion. And he seemed to keep this away from his doctors. But from the letters, he had a pretty sizable cocaine habit. And so um, and he had a a cerebral edema brain swelling on May 10th. The only difference is he got to the hospital in time. They gave him an injection of mannitol. The swelling went down on the day he died. He had the same exact symptoms that he had on May 10th. Uh, on July 20th, the only difference is they didn't get him to the hospital in time. His brain expanded from 1,400 grams, which is the normal weight, to 1,175 uh, grams, like that much, which is like about a half a pound. Oh, my goodness. He gets to the hospital in time and he died. But whatever he died of, the cause of it, it was identical to the event on May 10th. He had it twice. 
the second time he didn't get to the hospital in time. Right. Okay. Okay. Wow. Oof. Yeah. Man, no wonder you're. I gotta watch the rest of your whole video on your channel. I'm sure chat's going to bookmark your video right now and watch it later. Holy crap. Well, that's unfortunate that uh, if that's what really did lead to his death. But uh, we still can't take away the legacy and the inspiration and what he's, you know, inspired basically everyone pretty much. Yeah. Uh, Shout out to Stella here. What's going on, Stella? Uh, Jackie Chan in one of his interviews said that Bruce Lee, when he hit him by accident, in his eyes with the stick, he felt very bad and kept asking him how he's feeling for about a week. Yeah, yeah. That was a story on uh, on Enter the Dragon, right? He hit him accidentally with the stick, and then after they, they called cut, he was like, oh, you okay, you okay, or whatever. So to think that that guy would openly hurt stuntmen during Green Hornet or whatever other right. thing he was doing in the States, it's just it's incongruent to what we actually know about Bruce Lee. Oh, man, I... <laughs> I came across, I'm trying to, again, I'm trying to backtrack and catch up to your videos, but I came across a segment when you were talking about David Carradine. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. And how you met him and, you know, you were like, eh, you were kind of annoyed by what he said, but then it, in context, it kind of made sense later, but the whole Kung Fu TV show thing. It's funny because um, uh, I've been watching a lot of post-apocalyptic movies with uh, another YouTuber, Shout out to Mr. Tony of the Dead, and we'll review post-apocalyptic movies. Well, David Carradine, towards the end of his career, starred in a lot of post-apocalyptic movies. You know, you got to eat, right? And uh, it's funny because uh, Tony has never seen Kung Fu. He's ne- The show. He doesn't know anything about it. He hasn't seen Kill Bill movies. He His introduction is David Carradine in these horrible fight scenes in these post-apocalyptic movies. And every time we do one, he's like, and we review it, you know, and he's like, dude, why do people like this guy? Like, he's just like, this guy's like horrible. And I was trying, yeah. I pulled the you, I pulled the Kung Fu genius in a way, and I had to explain to him it's because the show Kung Fu was really what got him over, and no one's right. seen anything like that here in the West. Sure. My oldest sister, Tracy, was a huge fan of it. Right. And then, then she pulled the you. And graduated from that to Bruce, yes, and introduced yes. me into more martial arts movies and stuff right, like that. Right, uh, but it's just funny because he's just like, what? And he's he's like, I don't understand. <laughs> I was like, it's Crazy. I can't explain it, man. I just the best I could do is that you had to have been there for the whole kung fu show and the popularity yeah. of it and yeah. and all that. Yeah, have you heard I'm... any stories of the beef? This was real beef, on set beef between him and Chuck Norris and Lone Wolf McQuaid. Did you hear anything about that? Yeah, so there was some stuff going back and forth between the two of them. Uh, I mean, Chuck obviously is a real martial artist, and David Carradine is, killed him. Was David Carradine right? Um, and you know, we we did talk a little bit of trash about Chuck Norris earlier in this episode, but uh-huh. I'm going to say one good thing that came out of that Lone Wolf McQuaid. Okay, somebody asked Chuck about David Carradine, and Chuck, in one of the few moments of true self-reflection and irony said this he said david carradine is as good of a martial artist as i am an actor (laughs) (laughs) and so you know trash talking about david carradine for him to say that hey respect we we gotta we gotta bow to the chuck don't fuck with the chuck that's awesome yes that's awesome Oh man, that's you pretty know. Funny. By the way, you know, do you know how many push-ups Chuck Norris can do? 
I'm sure, an insane amount. How much? All of them. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> I swear, the Chuck Norris facts is like the greatest thing ever. Yes, yes. It's the yes. greatest thing ever. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> oh, man. But, uh, yeah, I had to ask you about that. So, just for fun, before we, I'm gonna, before we get to the bottom here, we got some fun photos we can talk about a little bit here. So sure. We got the crew here. Oh, shit. Got Kung Fu Santa, the Venom legend, Lou Fang, and uh, yep. our boy Bobby Samuels. That's and, what's up. Uh, what year was this? When was this? So this uh, this had to be, I, th- I would say, 2017, 2018. And uh, Bobby, uh, Bobby came up. They actually shot something with Lou Fang at my school. And uh, which was amazing to have one of the Venoms in my Kung Fu school. I'm just yeah. like, oh, my How, God. Yeah. Right. And it's... Uh, he spoke, you know, I speak very basic Cantonese. So I was able to speak some Chinese with him. And then just like it was so cool. Like, I mean, it's just so and, and I got a chance to take some photos with him. And I was just like a kid in a candy store. It was absolutely amazing. I, um, I actually got had the honor of meeting Lu Fang down over here. At Dragon Fest it was like a small. Right. It's like a small. Yeah. Uh, martial arts convention and, and he was there uh and uh he was like the most nicest humblest dude i got my photo with him very nice guy and it was what was so amazing was that there was a line to obviously there was a people there like including myself that wanted to meet him and get an autograph and a photo what was amazing about the guy was he kind of seemed like kind of surprised yeah that he had fans yeah it's amazing. It's like, dude, you're one of the Venoms, man. Shaw yeah. Brothers, the legacy, the Venoms crew, man. Like, Masked Avengers, crippled, crippled. I mean, uh, you know, crippled Avengers. I mean, oh man, it's just those are iconic. And those films, they they didn't all do really great over there in Asia. They became really big over here. So a lot of them don't really understand their cult following. Even yeah. my teacher, uh, Sifu Lang Ting, he was actually one of the fight choreographers for five venoms uh his name comes up is when you see venoms you'll see liang ting which is the mandarin version of his name he was right. actually he came up with the director chang che with the centipede style and they literally over dim sum created the five venoms because those are fictitious kung fu styles that was my teacher right he was a wing chun guy but he had like this great imagination and then i said when he was i was talking to my teacher many many years ago about that and i said you know the Venoms movies, they're like iconic over here. The Wu-Tang Clan has used all of that stuff in their rap songs. And yeah. he looked at me and he goes, what the hell is a Wu-Tang Clan? <laughs> 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 and it's just like, they have no idea. They have no yeah. idea how big that stuff is over here. Yeah. Even even the great Lo Lee, uh, that yes. guy's legend. I'm saying the name right, right? Am I saying it right? Loli, yeah, so uh, lo, I bet uh, it should be so in Cantonese it would be law law lay. I think it's law lay, but I I haven't looked at the characters in a while. But normally low is law in um, Cantonese. Okay. And so yeah, um, he's actually a you know I think he's an Indonesian Chinese who grew up in Hong Kong, and so but he was amazing and played yeah. such a great villain. And then he was even in Pai Mei, man. as a villain. He's fantastic, Pai Mei, the original Pai Mei, right? Yeah, yeah. But he, but I, there was an interview with him, and uh, he was surprised. Quentin Tarantino was a fan of him. He was yeah. just like, he was like me. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's it's amazing. But I love this this shot right here. That's yeah, pretty, that's, that's that pretty nice dope. There and yeah, I mean, what a what a dream come true to like. I watched these guys when I was a kid on Black Belt Theater on Saturdays, and then like to just 
you know, talk to them about movies yeah. and stuff. It's like, I oh know. man, this is crazy. And of course, you know, come on, let's keep the Venom's crew going here. The you got Toad, Lo Mang. The Toad. Yes. So, um, yeah, I mean, Lo Mang, I mean, he still acts, right? Unlike Lu Feng, uh, Lo Mang is still, he's like in the Yip Man movies and he was in the yeah. Grandmaster and he, you still see him from time to time. He's on TVB. And, um, I mean, you know, he's the toad. He's like, you know, all jacked and and oh yeah. Um, and I'm actually so I met Lu Feng when he came to New York, but uh, Lo Lo Mong, who you just showed there, like I'm actually friends with him. Like I, you know, I chat with him, nice. um, you know, regularly and and like just to, yeah, just to like talk to him. It's amazing and um, like fanboying out the whole time. Yeah, and also because he was in the Yip Man movies and like you know I'm I'm you know I'm a Wing Chun guy or whatever. <clears throat> Yeah, and, uh, he's not a huge fan of Wing Chun people. He's got some stuff in his history. Sometimes him and Wing Chun peeps have gone at it a little bit, but um, he seems to like me. And I also tell him it's okay. I also don't like most Wing Chun people. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why he likes me. I don't know. That's awesome. Yeah, got this shot here. Now is that is that the Black Dragon back there? Yeah, that Ron Van Cleef. Cool people in there. Um, oh, there's so Vincent. Yeah, you have Vincent Lin there, um, yeah. who, who you also had on, on, on your channel. Um, Vincent Lin is actually the godfather to my youngest daughter. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, Rick Myers, who's, his book is one of the reasons why I just got into um, Kung Fu films. And obviously you have um, Ron Van Cleef there, the Black Dragon. Ron Van Cleef's a uh, good friend of mine. We've been friends for a very long time. Oh, he nice. learned Wing Chun from my teacher in the early 70s, so we're basically Kung Fu brothers as well. Um, and it. then I don't know the dude raising his hand on the side. That's Kung Fu Bob. I don't know. Oh, okay, yeah. Is. He's the guy who does all that amazing artwork now for like eighty-eight films and those like those covers yeah. and stuff for the DVD. He's amazing. Angela Mao obviously is in that photo. She is the uh, played Bruce's sister in Enter the Dragon. Sue Lin. Yeah, there she is. And oh. uh, you know who that other guy is there? That's Jihan J. That's the guy who fought Bruce in Game of Death. He's the second guy with the oh belt. shit. Yeah, the Hapkido guy? Hapkido guy in the second level. Oh, oh how cool so is that? And with like a guy who fought Bruce Lee and then the the, the woman who played Bruce Lee's sister in Enter the Dragon. And um, he's Korean, oh. she's Chinese. And I had to do some Chinese translation for them. And yeah. uh, there I am sitting like there's Angela Mao and there's like Jian Jae who fought Bruce Lee. And I'm like doing Cantonese translation. And there was just a moment where I almost became lightheaded like... <laughs> Like, this is the result of not getting a real job and never growing up and being able to indulge what I love and somehow make a living of it. And it's like the yeah. combination of it right there. Oh, that's, that's like, so. That's peak Kung Fu genius moments. That's awesome. And uh, I'm a huge fan of the Warrior TV show. I enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, the a Warrior lot. TV show. There's Warrington Hudland. That um, Demetrius right there? That's Demetrius right there. Demetrius, man, shout out to him. He's one of the hardest working guys in the industry. He puts together that urban action showcase every year. And, you know, I, I, I respect anyone who just hustles, especially in a city like New York. Yeah. Demetrius, absolutely fantastic. Hector Martinez was in there, too. He's a Bruce Lee collector. And he's the guy who does the guy who's right next to me. He's okay. the guy who does the voice at the beginning of the Kung Fu Genius where he goes, he's unstoppable, unbeatable. <laughs> That's the guy nice. right there. And All right. that is actually a pitch-perfect <clears throat> imitation. If you watch the original uh, Chinese Connection trailer in English from the 70s, the guy who's he's unstoppable. He's talking yeah. about Bruce Lee. It's yeah. pitch-perfect oh. the way he did it. For I got to go back Genius. and hear it yeah. again. Nice. Yeah, shout-out to Demetrius. He actually kind of helped us in a way uh, – 
getting our the kung fu extravaganza we had this year on the on the channel. Awesome, Demetrius great, helped man. us he's, out with that. Maybe I can get him on the channel and and get him on the show in the future. We'll see. You should, man. But he's so should, busy yeah. though. That guy's so De- busy. Demetri- man. Demetrius got me into that that warrior screening for HBO. Like it's because of him and. And he didn't have to do it. He did it out of the kindness of his heart. Super sweet guy. I love, love that, that show, man. Yeah, I love that show. The show's so good. Who we got here? So Mad Monkey Kung Fu. Oh, uh, shit. Yeah, the guy there in the kind of uh, light red uh, V-neck there. I'm not going to pronounce uh, his name. <laughs> yeah, so in Cantonese, it's Xiao Hao. It, it, normally written like Xiao Ho in, in, in the kind of Shaw Brothers world. Yeah. So he was the, the main guy in Mad Monkey Kung Fu, but he's in all of those Lao Gala uh, movies. He's obviously oh, yeah. 18 uh, Weapons of China. He's, you know, the, the guy who doesn't have to rip his eyes out and he gets to <laughs> the rest of the movie. Yeah, and, my young uh, auntie, and he's in everything. Young, that yeah, guy's and, great. And he, um, he basically still lives very close to the old Shaw Studios. And yeah. um, the guy who's next to me on the other side, um, I believe his name is a Chung Wing Han, and he was the stuntman on the set of Enter the Dragon, who told me how great Bruce was to all the stuntmen. And I have photos of him next to Bruce Lee. On he was one of the guys who wore the yellow okay. on Enter the Dragon. Yeah. And nice. so when I met Siu Hao uh, to to meet him for for dim sum, uh, he was like, "Oh, I have a friend of mine. He's going to meet with us. I hope you don't mind." He was a stunt man on Enter the Dragon. Is it okay if he meets us for lunch today? And it was just like, <laughs> are you kidding me, right? And again, another moment where I have to pinch myself. Like I'm, in, I'm having dim sum with with people from these Shaw films. That it's like it's, it's weird. Yeah. I don't know why I get to do what I do, but I, I feel very blessed every day. I have a super supportive wife. I teach kung fu for a living, and I, I get to talk about Bruce Lee and drugs on YouTube. I mean, like, <laughs> like, you know, it's, uh, that's it. That's You're renaming your channel now, Bruce Lee and Drugs. Yeah, that's why most people know me now, you know? <laughs> but this one, I would probably lose it if I met this guy. Yes. yes I would fanboy out. Like, it, it, I mean, I mean, this Shoji here, man, Karata, man. Like, I would. Yes. This dude, this dude is badass right now. He's still badass. (laughs) He's still badass. If you see that photo, like, um, you know, later when you have a chance to look at it and you look at his top two knuckles. Oh, okay. uh, I can see it. Yeah, yeah. Oh. The guy is, and and so I was in, I happened to be in Hong Kong and someone told me, oh, you know, Yasuaki Karada has a school in Hong Kong and he's going to be teaching a seminar. Do you want to go? And I was like, so I'm a Wing Chun guy. I don't know anything about his style of karate, but yeah, uh, hell yes, I'm going to go to a karate seminar with Yasuaki Karada, right? Yeah. Uh, and so I went there and like, it was a two-hour seminar. He showed us like a bunch of cool techniques. There were no more than 10 people who came. It oh. was like quick. If, if I brought him to New York and said I would teach a seminar, we'd have a packed house. Oh, yeah. He teaches in Hong Kong. And the crazy thing is he speaks Cantonese with a Japanese accent. And he speaks English. I never heard anyone speak Cantonese with a Japanese accent. Wow. It was so amazing. And so I, I didn't mention this before, but Bruce Lee made me fall in love with Bruce Lee, and I wanted to learn Chinese martial arts. Right. But the first kung fu movie I saw outside of Bruce Lee's stuff was Heroes of the East yeah. with Gordon Liu, where you have the whole Chinese, yeah, crab style, right? <laughs> and you have the whole Chinese versus Japanese, which yeah. is like, that that movie is a kung fu porn from top to bottom. 
It's like the 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 plot is a thin excuse to just showcase the next fight. And it's oh, beautiful. Yeah. It's one of the few Lao movies which doesn't have a death in it. And it's all about martial arts. And yeah. he is the main villain showcasing ninjutsu versus like the Chinese kind of magic martial arts style. Did he did he always it seemed like in his movies he always had a very low stance. You yeah, know, but I mean, I think that's very just low. why they wanted him to do that. I, from what it's I can tell, that's not necessarily a part of the style of his okay. karate. But sometimes people get typecast with the way they do martial arts in those films. And um, he, uh, like, when I saw that movie, I was like, and I thought, even though I was a Chinese Kung Fu fan, I thought he was amazing since I was a kid. And then he's in Fist of Legend where he has that blindfolded fight scene with Jet Li. Yeah. And then when I met him that day, I, it was weird. I almost had to choke back tears because from my childhood, if Bruce Lee made me fall in love with Bruce Lee, Heroes of the East made me fall in love with Chinese Kung Fu. Yeah. And that he was yeah. part of that. Like that movie is so like etched into my childhood. I cannot imagine my life having not seen Heroes of the East. And when I met him, like I did the seminar and afterwards, we, in, in Chinese martial arts, you, we have banners for our school like a flag and yeah. you give it to someone in the martial arts that you respect. And they put your banner in their school and they could give you their banner and you put it in, 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 in your school. Right. So you exchange banners, right? Yeah. It's like before social media, you exchange banners. That's how you, you liked each other's stuff. Um, I, I, I came up to him and I said to him, like, you know, I fell in love with Kung Fu because of heroes of the East and your film is probably one of the reasons why I teach Chinese martial arts because I fell in love with Kung Fu as a result. And you're a huge part of why I do what I do. And it's an honor to like meet you. And he just looked at me and he was like, Oh, thank you. Like, <laughs> oh, that means so much to me. Like he was not because sometimes you could say something like that to someone and be like, oh cool. Thanks, kid. Right, right. But yeah, whatever. Like, yeah, yeah. So humble, so sweet. And I gave him my banner. And he took it and he like looked at it and he was asking me about it and like and he hung it up and my banner is hanging in Yasuaki Karate oh, School in Hong Kong. And like so for me, again, like how do I get to do these things? I, I don't know, man. It's just it's it's a, because I never grew up and I never gave up on a dream of teaching martial arts. Uh and it's and fun. It's, don't grow up. Growing it's, up it's sucks. what I do. Yeah. <laughs> Overrated. <laughs> But yeah, Legend of a Fighter. I mean, just he's been in so, so much. So great in that movie. Yeah. When I we we were watching So Close, which is kind of like uh, Hong Kong Charlie's Angels in a way, yes, but better. Um, you know, we were kind of having fun. It's kind of fun, right? We're we're not really blown away, but we're we're having it's entertaining. We're like, ah, it's yeah. okay. And then this dude shows up, <laughs> and the end fight scene with 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 him. I was like, oh my god. Where the hell did this come from? Made the movie legit. Yeah. So absolutely. close is legit now. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. He, he, he is legend. He is And legend. he also met Bruce Lee. And remember I told you Bruce Lee's nickname was Three Leg Lee? Right. You know? When Yasuaki Karate met Bruce Lee, and they actually have photos together, um, someone told him, like, his name is, before he met him, his nickname is Three Leg Lee. And Yasuaki Karate did not know who Bruce Lee was before he met him. And when he heard that, he thought Bruce actually had three legs, like he was deformed or something. He talked about an interview and he said, like, when he met him, he thought, and he's like, oh, no, this is a normal guy. He's yeah. kind of a small guy. 
But then he said one thing about Bruce Lee, and again, Yasuaki Karada, movie star, but also a legit martial artist. Right. He said that when he shook Bruce Lee's hand, okay. he said Bruce Lee had a very firm handshake, but when he looked at him, he saw that Bruce Lee had a relaxed face. Like when people give you a firm handshake, you yeah, can they're tell like, they're kind of trying. Yeah, right. He said he was very relaxed, and he said, oh, this man is the real deal. He knew it right then, right? And so, and, and Yasuaki Karada comes from a legit Chinese, Okinawan martial arts stock, and he is also a legit martial artist. So then, again, another legit martial artist that praised Bruce Lee. Yeah, yeah. It's just, I'm not surprised at this yeah. point. Uh, but, yeah, that's really awesome. But it's cool that you're in his dojo here. But speaking of dojo stories, I got to ask, did you have any knuckleheads come in, come in your dojo and try to challenge you and your students? <laughs> well, I, I every, every day. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, so, not really. I mean, the heyday of like a kung fu schools in New York challenging each other. That was right. really the eighties and the nineties. Right. I'll probably have Sifu Carl Albright be on my podcast. He's from the old school where they used to like fight all the time. So I want to bring him on and have him tell old New York stories. Oh, I, I have to hear that. Yeah, I'm like I'm new school everything. Because everyone's doing MMA and jiu-jitsu, so all the kung fu guys are friends now. We're not fighting <coughs> each other anymore. Right, 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 right. And so it's like a different time period. But yeah, I did have some you know, people show up and some weird stuff and this and that. Um, yeah. I actually talked about it on some some podcast. Some of the Wing Chun guys sent some people or whatever. And these stories usually end up being a lot funnier than they are serious. But I will tell you one funny story. Some guy came into my school, an older guy. He was in his 50s. He reminded me, you ever listen to Jerky Boys, you know, Saul Rosenberg? Yeah, yeah, The guy yeah. could have been Saul Rosenberg. He comes in and he's like, I used to do the, New York's nothing but characters. Yeah, I used yeah. used to do the Tai Chi, but you know, I don't do it anymore because, and then he goes, he practiced Tai Chi to such a high level that he could start to levitate. Oh, shit. But the dude is in his 50s. He's an unassuming guy. He's not like a crazy dude. He looks right. like a normal dude. He tells yeah. this to me, and I'm like, and he goes, it was so crazy that he couldn't go near airports because he couldn't control his levitating anymore. So, like, for fear of levitating and getting hit by an incoming plane, he tells me this with a straight face. Wow. And so, like, that's <laughs> another thing. I had a dude who came in who said that he learned Jeet Kune Do from Bruce Lee in the Dominican Republic in the 60s, and he swore by this story. So, like, we have some people who came in and wanted to test us out, but I have more like emotionally disturbed people showing up to my <laughs> New York school stories, like people walking in in a ninja outfit. Dude came in a full ninja outfit to my school once, and he didn't have a backpack, which meant he didn't change in the hallway. He walked on the street in that ninja <laughs> outfit and came to my school in broad daylight, right? And so, so yeah. you get the fifty one fifties. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's nuts. It's just nuts. Like so, I'm, I've compiled all these stories over time. And oh my and god, they're hysterical. Absolutely speaking hysterical. Of, speaking of ninja, what's your favorite ninja movie? Revenge of the Ninja. I knew it. I knew it. It's the best. It's, it's hard. It's hard to top. It's it's it like is hard to top. It it's is just the so most good. Ninja porn you could ask yeah. for. It's peak Shokusugi, in my opinion. Ninja Three: The Domination. Uh, is a crazy, wacky movie on its own. It's right? fun, but, yeah. But it didn't. It, there wasn't enough Shokusugi, and right. he was too second fiddle for me. Enter the Ninja, 
Franco Nero is like the David Carradine of ninja actors. <laughs> he's awesome in westerns, and you know he's awesome he, in westerns. Keep him in Django and all that. Exactly, stuff. exactly. But uh, no, Revenge of the Ninja. A lot oh, of yeah. people like Pray for Death. Um, and if we're it's fun. if we're excluding Chinese ninja movies like Five right. Elemental Ninja and and all like the Taiwanese ninja movies, right. we're talking like canon ninja movies. Yeah. You Over here, cannot top Revenge of the Ninja any day. You no. cannot. It still holds up. Absolutely, it's still fun. It's still fun. Absolutely. So we're gonna play a little fun game here. Okay. I'm gonna show uh, these actors, martial artists, mm-hmm. and you're gonna rank three is average out of five. You're gonna rank what you think your opinion of what level their martial arts skill is at. So five, and, five being top. Yeah. And three being average. Terrible and three being average. Okay. Yeah. And then tell me what's your favorite movie of the actor. Okay. okay? All right. Now, we can get this one out the way because you already said Revenge of the Ninja. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Shou Kasugi. Is a, he's a five all the way. Revenge of the Ninja. You, look, this is in the opening minutes of the movie, mind you. All right? <laughs> I mean, come on. Any movie that opens with this is like, that's gold. Yeah. You know, I actually met Sam Fersenberg, the director. I got my photo with him. Very nice guy. And just like Lu Fang, same type of experience. Didn't realize he had a lot of fans. Very humble. Yeah. Great guy. All right. right, So Shokasugi's getting a five from Alex. All right. Let's keep it going here. Let's keep it going. All right. Martial arts skill ranked and favorite movie from Chuck. Ooh, from Chuck. Okay. So martial artist, he's there. Okay. Let's give him a four. Okay. Uh, but he never looked better than he did in Way of the Dragon, even though he gets his ass kicked. I don't think he ever really looked as good as he did when he, it's, it takes two to tango. He right. looked great in Way of the Dragon. Right. Well, you know, he, look who he's working with here. You know? Yeah. <laughs> kicking kicking a heavy bag that's wearing a Cosby sweater. I mean, come on. <laughs> Oh, but Lone Wolf McQuaid is a fun film, though. All right. Uh, rest in peace. Rest in peace. One of my favorites, Sonny Chiba. Sonny Chiba. Absolutely. Well, original Street Fighter, absolutely. So martial artist, legit. Number He was a student of Masoyama, so he's a five all the way. He's legit as they come. He was a legit Kyokushin martial artist. Yeah. Uh, obviously, original Street Fighter. But, you know, I loved his part in Kill Bill. Sometimes I just watch that part. Yeah. I love it by itself. I would love yeah. to have seen a movie of him and his backstory. The whole yeah. Tori Hanzo, like, like, like a backstory. Like I feel we got cheated out of having that film. I know. Or at least having to have do a little quick fight scene, you know? Yeah. Did you see the surprise interview with Keanu Reeves with him? Uh, I, I did not actually. So Is check it out. It's awesome. Check it out on YouTube. It's during, uh, I don't know if it's John Wick 2. I forgot which John Wick it was. But he was in Japan being interviewed about, you know, he's he's doing his press release and all that and promoting the movie. And they did it on purpose. They surprised him. They had Sonny Chiba just walk out there. And Keanu Reeves was like fanboying. It's really cool, man. And then they have like an interview together. But yeah, check that out. But yeah, rest in peace, uh, Chiba. All right, here we go. Martial art level and favorite movie, Van Damme. Van Damme. Okay, so obviously his martial arts skill, I would give it a five. Whether he's like a true hardcore fighter or whatever, okay. 
leave that for the internet. But I mean, come on, no one who kicks that way is a three. Okay, I right. Mean, look at Pete Van Dam there taking all the sauce, uh, yeah. all the secret sauce, and uh, um, the sauce. Yeah. And that film you showed right there, Bloodsport. By the way, when you did the Bloodsport kickboxer thing, I had the internet issue and I couldn't be on that one. And that killed me for a couple of reasons. One, I can give one of the best live commentaries of Bloodsport ever. I know everything about that movie. Two, I'm a huge Viking samurai fan. And yeah. there I had a chance to be. And then, like, my internet died. And I was like, oh, damn it. You know? <laughs> I so know. I, so, I hope I can oh, do something with Viking samurai. At some oh, point yeah. In the future. He's awesome. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, Bloodsport, Bloodsport. My, favorite, my favorite Van Damme movie, and uh, yeah, he's fantastic. All right, here we go. Next one, Dolph Lundgren. Dolph Lundgren, hey, also another Kyokushin fighter. He's as legit as they come. He actually fought in Kyokushin, and Kyokushin is full contact. You can see videos of him fighting uh, on YouTube, like legit. Yeah. So um, give him a five. Um Come on, was he ever better than in Rocky Four? I don't know. Right? I, mean, like, he's done, I mean, obviously, he's the bad guy in there as well. Uh, hey, Universal hey, Soldier, he's great. Yeah. Uh, showdown in Little Tokyo, but I mean, hey, it's your it's your pick. I, come on, Rocky Four. Drago, if he dies, he dies. Come yeah. on, come on. Did you hear about this story right here? This shot in uh, I Come in Peace, uh, aka Dark Angel. Did you hear what happened here? No. What did he so the guy on the you? The guy on the right, he didn't go to the mark he was supposed to go to on the floor. And he missed it. So he was supposed to stand a certain way so that yes. way he doesn't get really kicked by Dolph. So he, 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 the stuntman screwed up and went forward too much. And Dolph knocked him out legit. Damn, damn. And they, I mean, they had to take kicks. him to the hospital. They had I to take mean, him to the hospital. a big dude. And, and for a, like a big, strong dude like that to kick that way, that, that's not easy. Dolph yeah. is, uh, 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 and he's also like a Rhodes Scholar, too. I think a lot of people don't know that about him. I mean, he's a crap, fucking man. genius. I mean, nothing but respect for Dolph Lundgren. Holy cow. All right, here we go. Jackie Chan. Jackie Chan. Wow. Well, obviously, top of the, he's a number. I mean, look, if we say martial artist, we don't mean necessarily fighter, but obviously, he's he's the man. Number, you give him a five in martial arts. Well, number one Jackie Chan movie. That's difficult because I'm like, you know, like you, man. You're like, oh, when it comes to geek culture, what do you do? You got categories. It's right? tough. It's, yeah. Yeah. Why, why do we have categories? Because we don't want to decide. All right. Yeah. So, uh, wow. But overall, best Jackie Chan movie. For me, Project it's Drunken A. Master 2. Project A. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, or Drunken Master 2. Like Project A. You said yeah, Project, Project A. Because you have the fighting. It's still, it's not a Kung Fu movie, but it's still a little old style, and you have stunts. Yeah. And you have kind of the comedy. It kind of has a little bit of everything that Jackie Chan can do. Nice. Yeah, Project A is phenomenal. All right, let's keep it going. We're having fun here. Tony Ja. Tony Ja, wow. I mean, they took all the, old, I mean, in the early 2000s, they took all the stuff they were doing in Hong Kong back in the 80s and brought it back. Hell yeah. And with, you know, with the extra Thai style elbows and the traditional Thai style martial arts. I mean, Tony, I feel t uh, Tony's career misfired a little bit because like, there were a lot of years he wasn't doing great stuff. As yeah. a martial artist, hey, who can look at those skills and say this guy is average, right? He's right. absolutely a five. Man, am I just going to say everyone is a five? Unless hey, it's, except, it's, for Chuck, except for Chuck. <laughs> uh, and, uh, only because hey, I a four, a a four, which a is, four is good, pretty good. But just because I'm a little salty with Chuck. All right. So, um, 
and one must ask, where did all of Chuck's chest hair go? Because it's gone in the uh, solo, those total gym commercials. He's got no chest hair anymore. And his chest hair was a plot point of Way of the Dragon. Well, yeah, no. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh, uh, Tony Ja, obviously, number five in martial arts. He, he had a fight scene with one of my Kung Fu brothers, Chris Collins, in a film that came out, man, for the life of me, I cannot remember it right now. Um, but, uh, man, the original Ong Bak, I think. Yeah. I mean, just because it was the first and it blew everyone's mind when it yeah. came out. Because, yeah. All right. Steven Seagal. Steven Seagal. Oh, wow. Uh, so, as an Aikido martial artist, uh, definitely, uh, definitely give him a five. And I like old style Steven Seagal. Oh, I don't yeah. like the guy who Steven Seagal is now. <laughs> All right. Uh, I, I like uh, I like I actually talked to Steven Seagal while I was on the toilet, by the way. Um, oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, a friend of mine who's a producer in Hong Kong, he was making a movie with Steven Seagal and Steven Seagal had a Wing Chun question. And uh, the producer goes, I know just the guy to answer your Wing Chun question. And they call me from Hong Kong or Thailand or wherever they were. And I happen to be on the toilet when they call. And so I take the phone call and it's like, hey, uh, I have Steven Seagal here. He's got a question for you. And I'm like, uh, I'm like, uh, okay. And literally <laughs> talked to Steven Seagal on the phone while I was on the toilet. He yeah. asked me a question about a Wing Chun Sifu. And he talked on the phone exactly like he does on the movies. He's like, Sifu Richter, uh, I have a question. A little bit. It's like a breathy type William Shatner. All right. Like a deeper <laughs> William Shatner. Right. So. And so, yeah, it was crazy. So I actually spoke to Steven Seagal on the phone. Wow. I like the guy Steven Seagal used to be elite because the way he did Aikido was violent and fast and it was new and it was amazing. I know people like Above the Law, people like Mark for Death, but I really like Hard to Kill. All right. The fight scenes are great. He has he gets like he's in a coma. He has to go through the fighting montage. There's a lot of there's a lot of martial arts in there. And Kelly LeBrock. (laughs) <laughs> there you go. Bonus. <laughs> All right. We're going to Indonesia now. Iko Uwais. Iko Uwais. Ab- wow, he's amazing. Um, yeah, so what was it? What was that thing they did for Netflix that like uh, something assassins or whatever? Like he like he's he's great. Um, but again, I think it's Wu Assassins, Wu but Assassin, the movie right? the movie they did on there was The Night Comes for Us. That's right. Uh yeah, yeah which is just one of the most violent things ever made. I mean, yeah. like it's so over the top. It like loses any kind of like. It, it's just like watching a slasher flick, but like a gory <laughs> slasher flick. But with I love it. Right? I love it though. But yeah. Yeah. So I, I feel that with Eco, um, he all the stuff he does is great, but he's got a little bit of the Tony Jaw thing, the primacy effect. The first thing he did. I mean, I think when you look at like the, those two raid movies, you go, it's when you come in so hot with like an Ongbok or a raid. Right. I right. think it's really difficult. Like Bruce's best movie wasn't Big Boss. He had a chance to get better. Right. But like I think some of those, some of their best movies were their first movies. As a martial artist, yeah. I mean, a five. I mean, look at the way that he moves. I mean, this is not. Yeah. A, we're not looking at a uh, an Indonesian David Carradine here. We're <laughs> someone who can actually move, right? So uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, David Carradine uh, fans are watching this stream, going, "How dare you!" <laughs> oh man. Uh, but yeah, what's the movie? What's, what do you, what's oh, your... so it would be the raid. I would definitely okay, the raid, raid, the first yeah. raid. Okay, yeah, first raid. Nice. All right, and and here's a guy I've always thought was extremely underrated for us over here. For us, I thought he's always extremely underrated. I might do a video on him, but Yun Bu. Oh, Yun Bu, yeah. Look I at mean, this shit. Always, 
oh, oh yeah, as a martial art. I mean, he's literally him and Yunwa are the best from the 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 Seven Fortunes, the Tetsuo uh, Folk, which is the group, the the opera group that they came from, the Seven Little Fortunes. Yeah. Yun Yunbu and Yunwa were probably the most skillful of the entire bunch. But Jackie and Samo, they had a chance to kind of really get their faces out there. Yunwa looks like a bad guy, and Yunbu, they always said he was kind of like too pocky to be a leading man or whatever. Wow. I mean, as a martial artist, five, he's definitely underrated. Yes. Favorite Yoon Byu movie. I'm a huge Prodigal Son fan because I'm a Wing Chun nerd. Yeah. But I wouldn't say that that was his best work. It's like you got, he was great in everything and also like criminally underused, right? Like, yeah. Like we discussed about Dragons Forever. Like, look how good he was in Dragons Forever. And he's a bit of a side fiddle in that movie. Yeah, and, and but everything he did, he stood out. Writing wrongs, he's amazing. Yeah. The movie you just saw, Millionaires Express or Shanghai Express, he's amazing. But he was still kind of always second fiddle. So I don't yeah. know, like a movie where he was the main guy. I don't maybe know, it's writing. writing maybe it's writing wrong. Yeah, it would have to be writing wrongs because he was great in everything, but he was always a second fiddle. So you almost yeah. can't call those Yunbio movies, right? The so, Iceman yeah, Cometh was good. Which one? The Iceman Cometh. That was pretty Yeah, The good. Iceman Cometh was good. I mean, but again, the other movies, like, he had, like, Kickboxer, which was kind of a, uh, you know, like a wire foo movie. Right. And, yeah, he's another guy. I think he just missed his mark to be really great. But, you know, man, he's in Enter the Dragon. He's one of the guys in the white geese and the I know. He's an extra in that movie, <laughs> right? And, but, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to agree with you. I think Riding Wrongs. Is, is overall just a great movie. Fantastic. It really showcases his skills. Absolutely. All right. Um, Mark DeCascos. Mark DeCascos. So here's where we get into a little bit of a kind of a gray area of my martial arts movie stuff because I'm definitely more of a kind of a Hong Kong guy. And when it comes to America, stuff like Van Damme kind of dude. Right. Um, I, uh, Mark DeCascos, his father's Al DeCascos, so he comes from a legit martial arts line so give the man five on martial arts skill okay. only the strong with the capoeira is amazing especially considering he's not like a capoeira guy yeah, um, yeah but um i forget the name of the movie because i saw it when i lived in germany and i saw it with the german title and i saw it dubbed in german so i don't read i can also <laughs> speak german among other things yeah um, uh which by the way the best german word is schnellficker which I said in a very American way so people could understand it, yeah. uh, which means fast effer pants, all right? And you can <laughs> make your mind up what that might mean. So, no, he made a movie, what was it called? Something with a wolf, Legend of the Wolf, something with the wolf. Brotherhood of the Wolf. Brotherhood of the Wolf. Yeah. I saw that movie in Germany, dubbed in German, so wow. it had whatever horrible German title. Yeah. And I thought that that was great. I thought it was like, there were aspects that were like a little too long and things like that, but I thought that was really great. They were yeah. definitely trying to recreate the hong kong feel mm -hmm. so like that one stands out and uh only the strong so um yeah maybe uh maybe only the strong because yep. that's the movie that i kind of saw in its original format right check out drive when you get a chance drives really the not the right kadeem hardison yeah check that out don't be okay. don't be fooled by the bad cover <laughs> okay i saw that cover and i was like okay they're trying to do no, a rush hour type thing legit hong kong style believe it or not fight I'll scenes check it out i'll yeah. check it out uh, all right. Another guy who I think is extremely underrated and it's sad too, because I see a lot of people, I'm like, dude, this guy's so badass. He's so good. But I even, I see a lot of people calling him diet jet Lee and okay. it's fucked up. 
It's like, come on, this guy's great, dude. Oh, it's just Diet Jet Lee again. I'm like, God damn it. But uh, Vincent Zhao. Yes, got it, got it. Uh, yeah, to- yeah, 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 of course, of course. So you're right, because he had the unfortunate kind of luck to, he was like a villain in, Fo- in Feng Saiyuk versus Jet Li. And then when Jet Li decided not to play Wong Feihong anymore uh, yeah. in the Once Upon a Time in China series, he took over as Wong Feihong, which, by the way, anyone who plays Wong Feihong, which is like this iconic character of Chinese film, like people, a lot of people didn't like when Jet Li took it because Quan Da King was like the, the archetype of the, right. of the Wong Feihong character. And um, and I also, I like Jet Li, and I thought the Once Upon a Time in China series was good, but it was weird to have a non-Cantonese speaker play Wong Feihong as a total Kung Fu nerd. Right, and, um, right. You know, Vincent Zhao, also a non-Cantonese speaker. So I'm like, look, you want to cast Wong Fei Hong, make sure the dude speaks Cantonese, all right? <laughs> so, um, yeah, he gets a little bit of that. He's a wushu guy. I mean, he was, um, I mean, as a martial artist, you know, give the man a five. I mean, he's super legit, but he's another guy whose career, he was a little under the shadow either as a villain. He was in the Black Sheep Affair, which I yeah. thought was kind of fun. Those that was fun. Though from that era were very undercranked to those kind of like late 90s martial arts films. They were super undercranked, and not right. a lot of people like those, so they don't have the staying power of some of the classic movies. Right. Um, but I thought still um, fun. I thought Black Black Sheep Affair honestly is the only movie off the top of my head that I can really say like that is a a, a Vincent Zhao movie where he was kind of the the main guy because I right. didn't watch any of his Wong Fei Hong movies because I was like I'll take Jet Li. I'm not going <laughs> to take this other guy. Right. So. <laughs> Maybe he is a diet Jet Li. No. <laughs> I still think he's phenomenal, though. Yeah. You haven't seen True Legend? True Legend, man. Uh, maybe maybe it's been a while. You it and might Wu-Ping. have been. I, 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 I don't know because sometimes I see them by their Chinese titles and I see so many of these. And if they don't stick out in, their mind, in my mind, yeah. I will even forget the Chinese title. Okay. So Black Sheep Affair for you. All right. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Gordon Liu, master killer now. So, uh, oh man, how can you look at this guy and not feel sad for his current life state? Um, I know. I love Gordon Liu. He was also in the movie Heroes of the East, which made me love Kung Fu. So, like, Gordon Liu is like, I don't know. You know, it's weird you bring him up because, like, I sometimes can't talk about him with getting a little teary-eyed. It's all right. So, I love Gordon Liu. And uh, obviously, 36 Chan, I mean, as a martial artist, legit Kung Fu practitioner under his adoptive brother, uh, Lao Galeng, and uh, just phenomenal martial artist, one of the sweetest guys. Um, wow, best Lao, best, uh, Lao Gafai or Gordon Liu movie. Uh, for me, it's uh, everyone loves 36 Chambers, but it's got to be Heroes of the East for me because nice. he showcases so much of his martial arts skill. And, um, you know, and he's got hair in that movie, which also makes it kind of unique, I suppose. And it's also <laughs> the first one that I saw. So I love it for that reason. Nice. So a couple, Good choice. A couple years ago, uh, I was in Hong Kong and, you know, everyone knows Gordon Liu had a stroke, unfortunately. Yeah. And uh, he is he's not in a proper hospital. He's kind of in the equivalent of an old folks home. And in my opinion, and this is not to say anything about his t- caretakers, yeah. I don't believe that he's actually getting the care that he needs in the current state that he's in. Um. Uh, he he did take some visitors up until a short time ago, and I was gonna go see him, and then 
I was told that day, like, he's not going to take any visitors anymore because of his current condition doesn't allow him to take any oh, visitors. Oh, man. And I heard that on the day. And when I heard that, I was in the Hong Kong MTR, which is their subway. Yeah. And basically, it was told to me, like, he cannot take any more visitors. And his his current condition is, is, is deteriorated to the point where maybe he doesn't want people to see him in that state anymore. Right. I put my Bruce Lee sunglasses on, and I was in the MTR, and I was... I was literally crying on the Hong Kong MTR and I was just there the whole time. Like, you know, you thousands of Chinese people coming in and coming out. I'm taking the MTR from one side of Hong Kong to the other. And yeah. I was literally just sitting there crying. I just like, cause you know, and it wasn't because, Oh, I didn't get a chance to see him. And it wasn't my own, like I wanted to meet him. Yeah. It was because of his current state. Right. And like, right. And that stuff, it just killed me. And I had, I had such a hard time. So I still so kind of since... tear up when I think about it. Yeah. yeah. So since he's, is it still the same right now? Uh, I, I don't think he's getting better. Um, I'm not at liberty to discuss. Oh, what okay. Was, that's what fine. Was told to me. So, yeah, but, um, that's fine. Yeah. It, 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 it kills me inside. Well, I hope he, uh, I hope he recovers. Me too. Me too. You know, but, uh, you know, I don't want to say the worst, but uh, it's probably going to hit me just as bad as Sonny Chiba passing. Yeah, you know? for sure. Uh, for sure. I'm not, I'm not looking forward to that yeah. day, man. I'll but he's, that. He's legend, though, man. Absolutely. And there's Absolutely. so much. What a legacy! Yeah, that yeah. he's created. I mean, I, it just brings a smile to my face, man. Eight, yeah. eight diagram pole fighter and all. I mean, the Marshall Club, like, yo, way before we had a fight scene in an alleyway in Kill Zone, we had Marshall Club, son. Yeah, you know, yeah, I mean, it's narrower just and narrower oh, as they continue on. Such it's so good. Yeah, it's so but good. He's, he, he's even great. Like he was in Tiger on Beat Two. Yeah, he yeah. Was a, chainsaw he was a fight. Villain in there. With the cha- I believe yeah. he had a chainsaw or whatever. Like <laughs> and Kill I mean, Bill. He was great. In Kill Bill. Yeah, he Both. was great in Kill Bill. Both of them. Um, funny story. Quentin Tarantino originally wanted to play the role of Pai Mei in Kill Bill, and they he they got him <laughs> in all the makeup, and Gordon Liu was there. Yeah, Gordon Liu laughed at Quentin and told him that he looked like Santa Claus, <laughs> and uh, and and that was part of the reason why then he got to take it, uh, take that role. Yeah, which is funny because you know wow. in, in his early days and you know Fists of the White Lotus, Clans yeah, of the White Lotus, he yeah. fought Pai Mei, and here he was playing Pai Mei in in Kill Bill. Right? Wow, that's kind of funny. That's probably for the best that Gordon Liu took over. Yeah, can you, you imagine know? Quentin re- Tarantino as Pai I- Mei? <laughs> I remember watching Kill Bill 2 in the theater, and I remember the audience instantly gravitated towards Gordon Liu in the movie. Like, he, he made so them great. laugh. So they all, great. you know, they, they, they instantly loved the guy. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. absolutely. Legend. All right, let's keep the legend going here. Cynthia Rothrock. Cynthia Rothrock. Well, I, Cynthia Rothrock, uh, through Vincent Lynn, she came to my school, and I was like, so nervous and so fanboying the whole time. I'm like, it's Cynthia Rothrock. She's in your school. Don't act weird. Like this is the internal monologue going on in my head. Stop <laughs> acting weird. Stop looking at her. Try to act more normal. Stop looking at her. You're Stop looking weird. at her. Does she notice that I'm looking at her? So you're acting weird. Stop acting weird, right? And, uh, I had the chance to go and you know have like uh, we went to like uh, a, a Japanese dessert place and I sat yeah. and talked to her. She signed a movie poster with Vincent Lin that's hanging in my school. Yeah. Uh, I mean, talk about like pioneer to go not only as a female and headline films, but as a non-Chinese and headline films in Hong Kong and to get the respect of someone like Sam Ho Hung, 
for her work ethic and yeah she's amazing and, and her um episode on the scott atkins art of action is like one of my favorite like just listen to listen to her talk she's amazing yeah um i well, i like her in the as a martial artist uh, obviously she's a she did she's a five she did tang sudo but she also went to new york and learned eagle claw from some long up here so she actually learned real legitimate chinese martial arts styles um Wow. Millionaires Express had fight scene with Sammo Hung. She's absolutely amazing in there. But again, she's not really like the main star. Right. Uh, well, her and Michelle Yeoh in Yes was Yes Madam, right? I mean, like, yeah. like, how, how, like literally, how are you going to top that? Like, it's You can't. It's tough. It's, yeah. yeah. Police I mean, assassins there, there, there or Yes Madam. Right yeah. There, right? Yeah. Blonde Fury was great, too, but it's all about. Yeah, she kicks Vincent. She kicks Vincent in the groin for real. <laughs> you probably told those stories. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. yeah I, mean, told, I, I love when he tells those stories. She's great. She beat the living snot out of him. You know, the Expendables movies are are, are are a lot of fun. I enjoy them. But the new one coming out, they announced that Megan Fox is part of the crew, and I'm kind of like, uh, <laughs> like, did what? we forget someone again? Yeah. Megan Again? Fox, are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, look, if you want Megan Fox in there for eye candy and have her do some action, that's fine. But for hardcore fans, like, where's Michelle Yeoh? Where's there's so yeah. many? Yeah, absolutely. There's so many absolutely. legitimate badass female martial artists out there. There's legends. It's like, come on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but anyway, Cynthia Rothrock absolutely belongs in an Expendables movie. Yeah, you can have them both in there. Fuck yeah. it. Yeah. But let's keep it going here. Donnie Yen. Donnie Yen, the IP man. All right, Donnie Yen. Well, yeah, as a martial artist, uh, he's also a five. He learned wushu from from his mother, uh, who still teaches in Boston. By the way, you can still go to the school, uh, his mother's school, if you go to Boston Chinatown. It's there. You can literally walk right up to it. Um, nice. Yeah. Well, uh, so I'm a Wing Chun guy, so everyone is going to think that like I love the Yip Man movies, right? But I'm super critical of those movies because I'm a Yip Man nerd. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I uh, I love SPL, um, yeah. But you know, it, it I I love Kung Fu Killer or Kung Fu Jungle, whichever title it goes by, because it's a showcase of the different styles of martial arts. It's a bit of a suspense film, yeah. And I think she just looked so great in that movie, and and it was also like an ode to it was an ode to Kung Fu films in Hong Kong and the mm -hmm. Hong Kong Stuntman Association. And, so you had all these cameos from people like Raymond Chow is in it. You yeah. had all these cameos in there. And I feel that that, especially given where a lot of Hong Kong films are going now because of China and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. That, for me, is kind of the last hurrah of that style of action. And so it's if, one of if, his if, best. Yeah, if people out there who have not seen Kung Fu Jungle or Kung Fu Killer, I think is yeah. what it goes by now. Um, for me, that is really like kind of a, a, a love letter to kung fu movies and hong kong stuntmen in the modern day and it's just great i think it's fantastic nice uh to go back to yip man really quick just to go off topic here um we both love the movie it's phenomenal and the sequels are fun but they're just not as good as the first one but yip man the movie obviously kind of helped popularize wing chung a little bit at least to the westerners over here yes yes um, was this a good thing or a bad thing, in your hey, honest opinion? There's no such thing as bad publicity as long as they spell your name right. <laughs> <laughs> and with okay. a man's name, it's questionable. So, um, no, uh, no, this is great. In fact, okay. every time, what's interesting is 
every time another Yip Man movie comes out, or as I like to say, another IP Man movie comes out, yeah, someone comes to my school and says, "Hey, I saw the IP Man movie. I want to do Wing Chun." Okay. And so, um, hey, then that's my chance. The movie brought them to me, and now I have a chance to educate them about the real life Yip Man and the real life art that he taught. Yeah. So I, I look at it as a positive thing. Oddly enough. One of the things that the Yip, I call the Yip Men movie, when I talk about them collectively, I call them the Yip Men movie, yeah. uh, uh, is it brings a lot of uh, Chinese students to our school who um, have a chance to see him as a Chinese hero and then get inspired to do the martial arts of their culture and learn it from some white dude who's really into Chinese stuff. So nice, <laughs> It's nice. kind of funny. So, yeah, I mean. Uh, on the whole, they've been very, very positive, and it's given me tons of content, dispelling a lot of the things that are in the film. So, hey, keep them coming. All right, nice, good. That's great to hear. All right, Jet Li. Jet Li, I uh, love Jet Li. Obviously, Wushu Champ from Mainland China. You know, he even performed in front of Nixon when he was younger. Um, and who who's not legit who didn't perform in front of Nixon? So, um, Jet Li. Yeah, as a martial artist, obviously a five. I mean, he's a legit champion. For I mean, whether he's a fighter or not, okay, that's another story. But we're talking about martial arts. Martial artists, absolutely yeah. a five. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like uh, his old films. Obviously, Shaolin Temple is the film that you kind of made him. The one, my one complaint about Shaolin Temple is he does a lot of wushu sequences, so it's not a lot of. There's some of the choreography. Those are like standardized wushu sets that he does, and I wish some of the choreography was a little bit more original. But hey, for a first movie, I mean, he's absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, I love Fist of Legends, and partially also because of the Yasuaki Karada cameo, which we talked about earlier. Yeah, I think it's great because as much of a Bruce Lee fan as I am, and normally you would think I'm not a fan of people remaking his films. Right. I thought that Fist of Legend was an intelligent remake of Fist of Fury. They paid homage to the original. And they they took it in another direction and changed some of the elements of the story. Like he had a Japanese girlfriend, right? And like his conflicts with his seniors in the school. And I thought it was a very smart adaptation of the original source material. And yeah, the fighting is a little bit undercranked. It's a little bit sped up, but that was pretty normal in that time period. Yeah, yeah. I like Fist of Legend. I think Fist of Legend is one of classic. my favorite Jet Li films. Yeah, yeah, it's classic. All right. Scott Adkins. Scott Adkins. Wow. Well, hey, this guy is someone who's definitely put in the hard work to get, you know, to where he is. I think I think Scott Adkins, if he came up in the 80s, he would be, he would like because I think unfortunately with the way like movies are not the same as where everything mm-hmm. is streamed, it's you don't get the same level of excitement that you used to. And I feel that Scott Adkins, if he came instead of Van Damme, he mm-hmm. would be Van Damme. He would oh, be yeah. the, the guy Van Damme. Easy. I mean, look, he's so good. And when you hear him talk on his podcast, and when you hear him like how much he fanboys about him, he just seems like the nicest dude. And like you know, <laughs> and and like so, how can you not be an absolute Scott Atkins fan, right? Yeah. So um, I like was the like the whole Boyka like uh, what are those like the was undisputed. Never, yeah, undisputed, right? Yeah. Um, those are great because he also plays kind of like a character and like it's become like its own thing separate yeah. from the movies. I'm the most complete those. fighter in the world. Yes. Yeah. Nin, uh, Nin, what, Ninja 2, right? I thought Ninja 2 was really fantastic. This Ninja was legit. Was, yeah. 
Ninja 2 was actually the first Scott Atkins movie that I saw. So it's probably got a little bit of that primacy effect. It was the first one that I saw. Yeah. Um, I thought he was great in Yip Man 4, like for what he was. I mean, you, <laughs> an actor is only as good as the script that you right. give them, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, he's got to be a little bit over the top and be right. like the racist American Marine guy or whatever. Right, right, right. But when right. you look at his fight scenes, I mean, you know, he's he's just fantastic. So um, yeah. I love Scott Atkins. He's great. Martial artist, absolute five. Favorite movie, I would probably say, you know, the Undisputed series, I think, is really, really sure. great. For we can cheat <laughs> and do that. Yes. All right. Speaking of Undisputed, Michael J. White. Ooh, Michael J. White. Him and his salty comments about Bruce Lee. <laughs> um, that, he, that he has taken back. That he has taken back, of course, after all the backlash. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, legit martial arts. He is also another Kyokushin exponent. So he's a legit top of the food chain, black belt, competed real martial artist i think that uh yeah he's another guy i think like the time period and like it just doesn't matter like these guys needed to come up in the 80s or early i know 90s for early 90s yeah really yeah, yeah. see their true potential it's like nowadays it's so difficult to become an, a martial arts action star because yeah it's hard a lot of them are a dime a dozen like you yeah. got a camera there are people on YouTube who can put together a Hong Kong style fight scene and you Marshall, know the what Marshall Club, are. the Marshall Club badasses. Yeah. Look at them, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, wow, I, I don't even watch that many Michael Jai White movies. I was, I was waiting. I was like, I'm curious yeah, which Michael um, Jai White movie you're gonna pick. <laughs> but I think you're gonna cheat and his, say Undisputed Two. Yeah, yeah, right. Well, didn't he? Didn't he direct one of like Never Back Down or something uh-huh. like that? Like the one that he directed, I actually thought was really good. The one um, with uh, Josh Barnett. Yeah, I thought he actually did a really good job with that. But yeah, there's a third one. Michael Jai White was better in his non-martial arts stuff. I thought he was great in Spawn. Yeah, and I also people he also played Mike Tyson. Yeah, and I thought he did a great job as Mike Tyson. He looked like Mike Tyson stuff. So I don't know, like not not like a huge Michael. Like I haven't watched a lot of Michael Jai White. I've been in. I've seen 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 Black Dynamite. Michael Jai White at conventions, and I've seen him and stuff like that. Yeah, um, but um, not a huge fan. The the Bruce Lee stuff, even if it's true, even if you, even if yeah, bro, a big heavyweight dude could totally beat a lighter fighter, or whatever. It's like that's like me saying like you know someone who's two feet short, like I can totally smash that guy, bro. No, I just want you to know that that guy who's way smaller and lighter than me. If we really fought, I just want you to know, so you know, I can smash that guy. All right, I just find that even if it's true, you you don't come off well when you. Say right, that. right, right. Well, that's probably and why he took it back. But I, I met yeah. Michael J. White in real life. He's a very nice guy. Yeah. Have you yeah. seen Black Dynamite? Black Dynamite is great. Hilarious. Really great. Uh, Rick says that Rick says that's his best film in his opinion. Could be Black Dynamite because be. he's so funny. Yeah. All right, let's move on here. Um, Another guy who who is amazing, and I feel he's underrated. Terry Fan, baby. Yes, absolutely. This dude is legit. Fan Siu Wong, right? Yeah, he's he's first of all, he's so great in in uh, the first Yip Man movie there as the Northerner, or whatever. And obviously, a lot of people don't even realize that's Ricky from Story of Ricky. Like yes. people don't even realize that <laughs> that movie must be totally up your alley, by the way, right? Oh, I've pre-ordered the four. You know, it's coming out in four K, right? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I, I pre-ordered it. Yeah, love incredible, it. Incredible, incredible. Yeah. And I think the Chinese title is literally "Power King Lit Wong." It's just like the most simple title ever, right? <laughs> it's not something like "Story of Ricky" or something. I, I, I might be mistaken, but I think it is a super simple Chinese. It's title. such a fun movie. Yeah, such a fun movie. So he's great, and you know that his you know that his father is a kung fu movie 
guys yeah. back in the day. Yeah, um, Shaw Brothers. Yeah, Fun yeah, yeah. uh, Mui Sung, and he mm-hmm. was in in the movie um, Magnificent Butcher with with Sammo Hung. He yeah. plays the old Sam C kind of drunken master role because um, Yin Siu Tin, the drunken master, was supposed to play that role in um, Magnificent Butcher of the teacher, and he passed away. And then oh. so they got Fan Siu Wong to replace him. They had already shot a bunch of scenes, which is why when you see the old cover of Magnificent Butcher, you actually see Yun Siu Tin on the cover in like his drunken master style get up. Oh. And then but they okay. got uh, they got Fun Mui Sang to replace him and then they had to reshoot some of those scenes. And he wasn't that old then, so they had to put the wig on him and make right, him a right. older. Oh. But yeah, but that short kind of pudgy guy is actually Louis Fan's father. Yeah. And, he plays uh, the warden in Ricky O. Yeah, yeah, uh, yes, yeah, absolutely. And um, so I liked him in the first Yip Man movie. He's also in Kung Fu Killer. He has one of the fight yeah. scenes in there where he, where he gets beaten, unfortunately. Um, I actually thought he was pretty decent in Attrition opposite Steven Seagal. He was. Yeah. He was. And, and Attrition is, by the way, the best thing Steven Seagal's made in, you know, since... Uh, forever, yeah, yeah. Forever. All right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm not, I'm not going like, to get into that. He's, right? actually, he's actually making an effort Yes, he's, in yes. attrition. I was like, wow, he's actually kicking. Yes. All right. Kicking, yeah, <laughs> although some of it is stunt double, but, you know. Yeah, I know. Um, but, no, I thought, I, thought, I thought Lewis was great in that. And um, yeah. his father, Fan Sang, who's also in attrition, by the way, he actually plays the Sifu. And and so that that old guy is actually Fan Sang who plays the Sifu, both Steven Seagal and, and right. Lewis Fan in there. Right. Um, Lewis Fan is one of the rare guys who knew Bruce Lee and believed Bruce Lee was murdered. And, oh, and, really? And he, to this day, absolutely believes Bruce Lee is murdered, and that's a story for a whole other podcast. Interesting. Yeah. All right. So, Chad, you know where to go. <laughs> <laughs> Kung Fu genius, baby. That's right. So what was your favorite? What did you think maybe Yip Man or Kung Fu Jungle? So for, uh, I, I thought he was great in Yip Man. I felt he was almost outstaging Donnie Yen a little yeah. bit. And, like, and Rick, we talked about it when we did that episode. Yeah. So he feels that's the reason why he kind of unceremoniously left the movie halfway through, right? Instead yeah. of being what you probably thought he was going to be, which would be the end villain, right? Right. And, right, right, um, right. So, but I have to say, I thought he he didn't never really looked better as a hardcore guy than in Yip Man 1. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Phenomenal, phenomenal work. And last one, there's billions of them, but, you know, I don't want to... I don't want to keep you for like six hours, and I, you got to get some sleep. But the last one, Sammo Hung. Oh, thank you so much. I was worried you weren't going to do. I love Sammo Hung, um, and I met Sammo Hung on my very first trip to Hong Kong in 1996. There you go, right there. That was one of a number of photos that I had with him. Look uh, at that guy, baby book. Alex. Yeah, look there's yeah the the baby comes to look look man I look like a child there. Like, Hello, Mister Hung. I really like your movies. I think you're great, man. I look like olive oil in that photo. Jesus Christ, man! Someone, someone, tell that guy to train his neck. Come on. <laughs> so that was my first trip to Hong Kong in 1996. Uh, I just graduated high school. My parents were like, "What do you want to do?" I'm like, "I want to go to Hong Kong." And so my parents surprised me with a trip to Hong Kong. And wow. uh, I went there. We stayed at the Royal Regal Hotel in Sha Tin. And um, which, uh, oddly enough, my wife, who is from Hong Kong, she grew up like literally right around the corner from that hotel. Of course, I didn't wouldn't meet her for many years, but right. she grew up right around there. I stayed in that hotel. I got up one morning. 
to have the, the breakfast at the hotel. <clears throat> and Sammo Hung walks by. And I like dropped my spoon into my kanji. And my hands start shaking because it was... If you had asked me the day before Sammo Hung came, would I rather meet Sammo Hung or Jackie Chan? I would tell you I want to meet Sammo Hung. I, like Sammo Hung, that's the guy I want to meet. Yeah. He walks in to the hotel and with his wife, Joyce Gedenzi, they sit down, they start having breakfast. And I'm like, huh? I'm like literally hype. My mom is like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, that is Sammo Hung over there. She's like, the, the chubby Chinese guy? I go, yes. He's like a legend of Hong Kong film. He sparred with Bruce Lee and Enter the Dragon. He was in, uh, he, he was in, in, in like, Eastern Condors, uh, Dragons Forever. He's over, uh, uh, and I'm like, I got to go run up and get my book. I had Hong Kong Action Cinema by Bay Logan. I brought that book with me to Hong Kong. There was a whole chapter on Sammo Hung. Yeah. I run upstairs. I grab the book. I ask the waiter, um, could, you, uh, could you ask him if he could sign this for me? And he was having breakfast. He goes up to Sammo and then asks him for me. And he says, yes, Sammo will come as soon as he's done with his breakfast. And he will come and sign that for you. And Sammo finished his breakfast. He came up to me. This is a year or so before martial law. He he barely spoke any English. But he tr- I didn't speak any Cantonese at that time. But he tried. And he was like, spin. I was saying, oh, I love Kung Fu. I love your movies. like, thank you. He signed the book. He let me take photos with him. He put his arm around me. He couldn't, you know, they always say, don't meet your heroes. Like if you thought David Carradine was your hero and you met him, (laughs) spoiler alert, he was a freaking jerk. All right. He would tell kids, he would tell children to F off. Okay. So Sammo Hung couldn't be sweeter. And, and like, I was so happy. And to this day, one of the greatest, I mean, obviously, save for the birth of my children and all that, one of the greatest days of my life. I love Sammo Hung more than probably any of the other Hong Kong film action stars. For me, he did everything Jackie did, but he Legend. did it in that frame. And, Legend. Uh, and, and, you know, for who he is and what he's done and whatever. I mean, on the Mount Rushmore of Hong Kong cinema, Sammo is there next to Bruce Lee. Oh, yeah. Without question. Oh, yeah. So, So, um, martial arts level of one, right? Yeah. Definitely. (laughs) uh, Definitely a five, right? Okay. As legit as they come. What's the Uh, movie? I'm I'm, I'm interested. What's the movie? What's the movie? Difficult because, again, as a true geek, I have, like, from his classic movies to his modern action movies and so on and so forth. Obviously, I love Prodigal Son. It's one of my favorite movies, but it's not really a Sammo Hung film. Right. He, obviously, he directed it, but he just has kind of a cameo bit in it. Mm-hmm. So, and it's hysterical and it's great. I like Magnificent Butcher. I think Magnificent Butcher really showcases him at his kung fu peak. He's got amazing stunts. He's doing yeah. the kung fu comedy just as good as Jackie Chan. Uh, one and it has one of the best fight scenes, even though it's not a Sammo Hung fight scene. The calligraphy fight scene between. Kwan Da King and Lei Hoi Sang at the beginning mm-hmm. is amazing where he's challenging him but not openly and Wong Fei Hong is so like coolly fighting him with a pen and everything mm-hmm. like that and he's finishing the calligraphy and he says if you can finish that calligraphy you know like I'll take off my you take my shoe or well, I'll take your shoe or whatever Yeah. and he finishes the calligraphy while they're having this fight scene and then he holds it up and in true Wong Fei Hong Kwan Da King fashion the calligraphy is to teach his enemy a lesson. Mm-hmm. And then, it, and it's Yang Tse, uh, Yang Tse Mo De, I think Yang Tse Mo De is what it says. 
and it's the man of virtue is invincible. Look at that. That is what it says on the calligraphy. It's great. The rest of that movie is amazing. Sammo Hung, the end fight scene of <sighs> Magnificent Butcher where he fights Lei Hoi Sang. Which it's ridiculous. I saw, I saw Lei Hoi Sang on the street once in Hong Kong. I was with my wife. Lei Hoi Sang, who's obviously much older now, as he's yeah. obviously 36 Chambers, legendary villain. Mm-hmm. He was buying fish with his wife at a market, and I saw him, and I was, again, it was like, <gasps> like, it's like, and I told my wife, I'm like, that's Lei Hoi Sang. He's like, who yeah. is that old guy? He looks like a grandpa. She's, she grew up in Hong Kong. She doesn't know who any of these people are, right? Right, like, right, right, right. <gasps> again, totally geeked out, totally geeked out. I, I it's another legend. Butcher, there's too many great films to choose from. But Magnificent Butcher has a special place in my heart. Yeah, yeah, that's a great choice. Fantastic movie. Uh, Frank Jang, you know, the master remaster, our homie. Yes. Uh, Eastern Condors is his favorite. Yeah. Again, there's so many, great. right? Sammo got thin for that role. You yeah. see him really going on. And, and Yunwa in there at the end and the fights. Like, yeah. Like, yeah, Too good. Condors is also good. I mean, again, how can you really pick a favorite from someone who is – who's done so many great films and has done so many different types of films. It's he's the best. Yeah, it's tough. It is tough. But he is legend, and I actually got lucky, and I met him myself. Wow. Wow. <laughs> he uh, came down to, uh, there was a premiere in Hollywood, and he was showing, just for that night, Pedicab Driver wow. in the movie theater. And that's where I ran into Benny the Jet, and Samuel was there, and... And uh, he told his, of course, he had to tell his Bruce Lee story when he met Bruce. About the kick and everything. Yeah, about him. Yeah. <laughs> Bruce beating him to the punch. Yes. Um, and, uh, of course, we all had fun with the movie. The movie that movie, there's another really great Sammo Hung movie the right there. The fight scene between yeah. Sammo Hung and Lau Ka Lung, Because Sammo Hung was like the king of at Golden Harvest and in the other independent films for choreographing, choreographing films. And Lau Ka Lung was that guy for Shaw Brothers. So to a certain degree, they were actually kind of competitors for a long yeah. time and then to have them fight each other in a scene it's like you literally have the two goats yeah. fighting each other and <laughs> and in cantonese it's so great because there's a saying in cantonese which is which is in fist fighting you have to fear the younger fighter and samo at first he's kind of like gets the upper hand on lao kar Leung, and he says this line in cantonese in fist fighting you have to fear the younger fighter right and then yeah. later the poles come out and they yeah. start battling with the poles, and Lao Sivu starts smacking the hell out of Sammo Hung, and then he says, Guan Pa Lo Long, which is, and in pole fighting, you fear the old wolf. <laughs> so it's I love kind it. of like they have this, and kind of the battle of Chinese idioms while they're having this fight scene, and it's just, Petty Cab Drive is so great. Man. That fight scene's insane. Between both amazing. of them. Two, two masters, never, two legends. You will never see that again because the, the new generation, even if they can do all the acrobatics and stuff, right. the people who really have that knowledge from that time period who can put it together and understand everything and do not need special effects to look good. Right. You can make everyone look good now, but those guys really had to be able to do it. I have to unfortunately say, I don't think we will ever surpass that. I think that... <sighs> I think the peak is over. You'll have great action scenes. Yeah. People will do great stuff, but like yeah. the people who could really do it that way back and forth and with those yeah. exchanges and everything. Yeah. I mean, I look at this we'll, shit. Look at this we'll shit right that. here. Look at the timing on this. Look at the timing on that. This is insane. Unbelievable. <laughs> and that's why they say that, you know, it's the, the 80s were the golden era. Yes. That's why. Yes, you know? absolutely. There's just too many good movies out there, man. And I can talk movies with you for hours because... 
that's what we love doing here. And you yes. rock because you know your shit. Thank you. You're one of my peeps. That's what I we do. I appreciate it. That means but a lot I, to I, well, I know it's really late thing. for you over there. I don't want to keep you too much. Oh, yeah, uh, then it's almost like 12.30. I know, I'm sorry. Bedtime. I'm like an old man that goes to bed early normally. So. Hey, but that just means you're having fun hanging out with the samurai, man. Absolutely. This was great, man. Thank you so much for this. Dude, you're really, I love your channel. I love the videos you do. I love verses. You have such great ideas. You do such great stuff. You're absolutely phenomenal. And I hope that my students who might be watching this, that they subscribe to the hey. Fat Samurai channel because you're amazing. I love the stuff you do. Thank you also. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to do like verses with Frank Dang yeah. and Rick and all of those guys. And yeah. hopefully I'll get on there with Viking Samurai at some point where my internet connection works. <laughs> so I appreciate it. Man. Yeah. Thank yeah. You so much for everything. I really appreciate the opportunity. Hey, I appreciate you hanging out, man. We, we you know, we, and we can, we know we're going to do more of these in the future. We're going to talk about more Definitely. movies. It's in more, more martial arts stories. Absolutely. Uh, oh, there we go. Oh, well, thank you for subscribing. They're already subscribing to the Samurai guy. Look oh, at that. I'm thank you so much, you. guys. We appreciate it. Uh, but yeah, man, again, this is your second home now, man. So anytime Thank you, you want to come back, talk movies, you know how we do here. Uh, chat, everybody watching, don't forget to subscribe to the Kung Fu Genius. That's right. I'm looking forward to these crazy, just interesting, just, you're going to binge watch all the videos. I'm telling you right now. And if you can't, if you're not going to do it there, you can find it on Spotify, right? Absolutely. That's right. Absolutely. So follow the show. Again, shout out to Dre, everybody down there in the East Coast representing being badasses. That's right. Appreciate and, uh, uh, you know, Alex, keep doing your thing, my friend. Keep, Thank keep, you, you too, Keep man. training the so younglings much. and the oldlings. <laughs> I'd train with you, my friend, if I was out on the East Coast, but can't Anytime, do it. Anytime, <laughs> man. I'll make it out there at some point. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right. Thanks again for watching, guys. Don't forget, tomorrow versus Seagal, baby. Out for Justice versus Under Siege. Oh, yeah. 6 p.m. Pacific time tomorrow. Make sure you guys are here. And uh, Friday, we'll have a special guest as well. So a lot of fun times, a lot of cool shit. Y'all know what to do. Subscribe to the Kung Fu Genius and the Samurai Guy. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. Don't go anywhere, Alex. Peace out, guys.